Hello everyone to Timeless Gamer And this show is brought to you by Pinoy Retro Gaming And if you are checking us for the very first time Just give us some love by going to the Facebook page of Pinoy Retro Gaming Or by going to the YouTube channel Timeless Gamer PRG And check out the previous shows right there You can also listen to the audio version of our shows By searching Timeless Gamer on all major audio streaming platforms And previously on Timeless Gamer Oh my lord, so we discussed the hell out of the Super Mario Brothers 2023 film and all six, seven grown-ass men discussing way too deep about a movie based on a children's video game from 30 years ago. So, you know, it was a very intense episode to say the least. One of my favorite shows that we did here in Timeless Gamer, so check that out. Um... For this particular episode, we are discussing the music, in particular with the game, uh, with video games. And for uh, for for this show, we are being joined by the current panel that we have here. Let's go with Sir Banyaka Native, Sir Joel. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are. This is Joel here on Timeless Gamer, and looking forward to our discussion about. Video game music and how it shapes our experience. Uh, we hope you hang around with us, and uh, we look forward to all your discussions here in the chats too. All right, thank you for that, Sir Joel, and our one of our resident musicians right here on the show, the One Man Band, Sir JDM. Hello, guys. Good evening and good morning to everyone who's watching here on Timeless Gamer. We'll be talking about the, your favorite, our favorite uh, video game soundtrack or music music all right thank you for that sir jdm and uh the resident audio file of the show <laughs> sir Faraj. all right well welcome to the show this is gonna be a really fun one uh i hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoy it um we've got a, a jam-packed show of uh of interesting things to talk about and discuss and the music and i've always been a fan of video game music from the very origins to even now contemporary i think it's 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 not, it's a very different type of music. And unlike, uh, and I always remember going to the 25th anniversary uh, Legend of Zelda orchestra that happened here in London, it's like 10 years ago now. 25th anniversary of Zelda was 10 years ago, God, I'm old. But um, I remember um, it was actually Koji Kondo who said it at the orchestra that, and he, someone translated it to him in Japanese, he goes, video game music is one of those things that you can listen to and you'll feel nostalgic at that point in time when you played it there's nothing quite like it maybe some movie soundtracks yes but video game music is time truly tri- timeless in that regard so uh, I, I do hope that um you'll have some very fond memories looking back on how music had been developed then and how it's actually evolved and i hope you know it's, it's a wonderful journey for you uh, to enjoy back to you sir joe all right thank you for that sir viraj and Look who's that Pokemon over there. Hooray! Gotta catch a ray. I'm not even sure he knows he's on the show yet. <laughs> you snuck up, you snuck up on a wild ray. I know. It's a, it's a face massager, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I need to get myself one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's great. All right. Uh, well, until until Raymond uh, realizes that he's live and <laughs> live and broadcast <laughs> <laughs> to everybody in, in the entire world, let's get back to jump for a moment. All right. <laughs> that, that's fine, hey, 
<laughs> there we go. Um, oh, and joining us for the second time, Sir Matt Bustle. Yay! Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? Matt with Bustle Plays Games. I'm so excited to be back here for this episode. And yes, gaming music has been a big part of my life since I was a little kid, sitting in my underwear playing Donkey Kong. So it, it <laughs> that's just how it, you know, how it was. It influenced me so much into actually picking up a guitar and playing because I just felt so emotionally invested with some of these songs. It's amazing how immersive some of this music can can actually make you feel. Some of it can even get as deep, you know, in the scene of the of the game almost make you kind of cry a little bit because it's so well placed. So I'm really excited to talk about um, all our musical, what, 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 for one, what we all, you know, picked and then also what we like from the consoles that uh, we, just, we, uh, we each individually picked. Mm. So it's gonna be exciting. All right. All right, thank you for uh, that, Sir Matt. And to open up with the show, guys. So, um, so this is music uh, in video games, and it's it's our seventh season, guys. And it's a little it's a shame that we only mentioning music. Uh, it's only just shows every uh, just shows everyone that music is like plays a second fiddle. Second to video game graphics. I saw what you like, did there. Okay. <laughs> second right? fiddle. Okay. Second fiddle. Okay. And, uh, I'm like, uh, it, with, with the video game industry, as our technology advances, evolves, and develops, it's always about the graphics, right? How's the graphics like? But you, you don't really hear a lot of people talking about oh, how's the music, right? And from, uh, from the 2 bit, 4 bit, 8 bit, 16 bit 32 bits 64 bits but no um that that's just your that's just your uh that's your, just that your video game graphics um evolving throughout the years but how about um how about the 128 the 192 the 320 bits you know i mean music tend to uh the music over the years tend to develop too and a lot of the uh and a lot of unsung Heroes, musicians, actually, uh, that tried their, uh, that tried, uh, that some of them tried their luck putting their best work into video games, and some of them found their success on video game music rather than going to to the big, uh, the big uh, recording studios out there. One in particular, Nobuo Uematsu, uh, composer, the, the, uh, one of the, I, well, one of the former lead composers. In, uh, in in Square back in the early '90s, and uh, his work still resonates throughout the gaming industry industry even till now, and among others, of course. But we will get through of those as we uh, as we move along with the show, and that's why we have uh, Sir Viraj, our resident audiophile, to explain how the earliest consoles and this and the succeeding ones tend to evolve their sound. Mm. Not to mention our favorite music as well, and how those music tend to adapt to those particular gaming consoles as well. And how uh, before to, we and, do that, though, mm. before we get to Virage, though, I just like to answer Raymond's question: Why am I laughing so hard? Because it looks like you just went shopping on the to the ninety nine cent store, Raymond, and got all these amazing massage <laughs> massage <laughs> devices. Raymond has been, for those of you in the audio portion, Raymond has been utilizing all these weird little massage thingies all, all over his head and face, like one that is a facial well, massage. Actually, thing, it's that... from it's 
It's Maddie's massage um, thing. Eh. Yeah, it's, it's like this little this squid thing that you put on your head that massages yeah. your scalp. Yeah, it's scalp. surprisingly comfortable. It's nice. It's I tried much it. more it's effective. Cool. I like, I like the face one. <laughs> the face one looks cool too. I can get myself one of those. <laughs> anyway, Am I getting back to guys. <laughs> getting back to Mirage. <laughs> All right, Mirage. Passing it off to you. Let's kick the show off, shall we? Let's kick the show nice. off. Okay. Right, so when we talk about video game music, where did it all begin? I mean, it's, it's really difficult to pinpoint the uh, the origins of this. I mean, before earlier video games, there we go, we've got some requests here. But um, mm. well, earlier video games, it was just bloops and beeps on, on, on computers, and that's all we had. And then how did we actually get music from those games? Where, where did it sort of develop? And, you know, before, like now today, a lot has changed. We all have everything on one board and it's all there. It's all on the system, on the chip, and the sound chip is all included and like that. Um, but back then we had a that a lot of these systems had dedicated sound chip, you know, um, and they'd give you a limited number of voices, shall we say, channels, but let's call them voices just to make it easy mm -hmm. for people to understand. Um, and and where in, like, when people think about the origins of game music, they think about one or two systems, you know, and, and the system we're, we're going to cover and JDM will cover, we'll get to that in a bit, well, just now actually. Um, obviously, we have computers and, and microcomputers here in the West in, in Europe. So this is a Commodore 64 I'm holding. And it, this had three channels of sound on it. Um, and they, they were variable. But you also had this thing here, which was big in Japan. This is the Famicom, right? Oh, the Famicom, yeah. So there we go. So we've got these two. And these are the two, these are obviously models of them, miniatures. But the, this had five channels of sound. So I'd like to think. The Famicom is probably the most prolific system when we talk about sound and how it's evolved in time. And, and, and or, or this is the NES. This is our, our Famicom, the Western version. Wait, wait. Viraj, are those minis? These are the minis. So I'm just, yeah. just so I can hold them. The big ones are too big for me to hold. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> these, these systems are, what is it? So you've got five channels of sound on the NES. And the NES is the system we're going to cover now. Very, just to be brief, I mean, this has three channels, this has five channels, which was better. And they all did things differently. So even though this is a microcomputer with three channels, um, you could change the variations of the musical instruments on the channels. You see, with the NES, you're pretty much stuck with whatever the, the wave was. So you'll see when JDM, we get to JDM's point with his music, uh, he's going to show us with, for his favorite game on the NES. Um, there's, a there's two square channels, which are basically just basic channels of sound. You have a triangle channel, which is more the, the darker tones, like the the darker key, shall we say, elements, or the lower tone, shall we say. And you have one wave channel, and you have a PCM channel, which is basically for percussion, which is hardly ever utilized. So, you know, it is quite basic and entry level. And a lot of the NES, NES games that you, you had of that era did sound very similar. They did sound very, very similar. Um, but that being said, they produced some wonderful merry melodies on this thing. Okay, so uh, without further ado, I'll, I'll hand it to JDM to talk about his game of choice because we're all going to talk about our favorite console mm -hmm. and the game of choice on that, <clears throat> and the soundtrack in particular we like so over to you jdm let's have a look at what you have to say for yourself and your favorite game on the all right the one man band there you go are we going hey, to play dan, dan. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to play this okay all right
You start off the show with a banger like that. I don't even know how we're gonna compare. But yeah, JDL, go ahead. JDL, why didn't you bang at you? Yeah, why didn't you bang that one? Yeah. Hard to do had. It's actually hard to do a headbang when you're um, playing that music, mm. uh, especially when it's fast. Mm. Unlike when you do metal, the the metal music. But anyways, um, uh, Digitamer forty three got it right, correct? Dig Dug forty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Correct answer. <laughs> All right, JDM. After that amazing performance, oh, for the audio portion, that was JDM performing the music to Dig Dug, the NES uh, game. JDM, why in particular Dig Dug? Um, I was actually not going to choose that, but since we don't have any, <laughs> why did you choose that? Then it why did you? Uh, Is it the yeah. easiest one to play or something? <laughs> <laughs> why Dig Dug, JDM? Why Dig Dug? Yeah, yeah uh, because we. It's in the NES. We have to discuss about the um, music that the NES that the NES can pro- uh, produce. Mm. So, as what Viraj told earlier, you have five channels for the NES. So you have the two square um, uh, channels or voices. Specifically, those are the like the mids and the highs. Um, you, if you have a guitar, you have the re- if you. Um, compare it with a full setup band. You have the lead guitars and the rhythm guitars. They do the mid, the mid um, tones and the high tones. Then you have the um, the wave, the wave channel which does the bass tones, the lower um, notes. That's why you have those funky bass notes on your um, games. And uh, you also have this the white noise. That does the percussions. That's the um, like the symbols or something like that. That mm-hmm. it gives tempo to your music. Then there's also one channel that is it's not commonly used, but um, when they use it, it's for the percussions or the drums. It's like them or the beat of the uh, music. Yes, it's the PCM channel. And, PCM channel. Yeah, That's what it's PCM called. or what you call um, pulse. Um, Uh, something like that modulation. So it's like a full setup band. So you have two guitars, you have a bass, you have um, the two channels that goes to the drums or the other um, instruments in the band. So the reason why I chose this is I like the fact when you're playing Dig Dug, whenever you get um, Whenever you eliminate enemies, once you get to the last one, it gets faster, right? If you're mm. not, if you have noticed it. Yes. And also, uh, uh, what I did in the the video, in my video, I started it slow. Then, um, in the middle part, it began to gain tempo, so it's much more faster. It, uh, it in the game, if you're playing it, it gives you like. Uh, Like a feeling of tense tension, it gets you hyped up to eliminate that one enemy that that's left. So mm-hmm. it adds, um, like it's very interesting that uh, the composer is was able to do that 
like uh, speed up the music while you're chasing the en- the last enemy just like in Pac-Man right mm-hmm. and um trivia small uh, fun fact the music was um, cre- um composed by Yuriko Kano who which is um Big Dog was one of her, uh, one of her first uh, video game project and Um, supposedly he was supposed uh, supposedly he was uh, uh, he was asked to do a sound um, uh, like a footstep for Dig Dug but he was not able uh, she was not able to produce that mm. so what she did is she made this melody instead to be um, the one that's playing instead of footsteps so if you notice when Dig Dug um, moves That's the only time that you will hear the music, mm-hmm. and when he stops, the music cuts off. Then, <laughs> once again, it uh, moves when he moves forward or he moves around. The music comes again. Mm. I mean, I find that very interesting that you picked this game because I'm like, Dig Dug, really? Dig mm-hmm. Dug? And then you, you do hear music in it when he's moving, but mm-hmm. the problem is with me and Dig Dug was I play the in the music, so it's not memorable to me. I never mm-hmm. walked that long enough before stopping to actually hear the whole sound. Mm-hmm. But I've actually played it recently in light of your choice of the video, and it's actually quite a nice sound, actually. So interesting yeah. choice. Okay, interesting choice. That's what I will say. Yeah. Um, and it also utilized the um, the channels that we discussed earlier. So you have those yeah. um, mid tones, you have those highs, you have the bass. Um, mm. I think the it maybe it used some of the PCM and the uh, like the white noises, but yeah, the most predominant were these two square uh, voices and the wave very interesting i mean it was an, it was probably when that game came out it was probably like just in the early days of the nez's lifespan because it was an arcade port from that game was made by namco um what i found really interesting about the nez as a piece of hardware and and even the famicom if we're talking about this thing it's um it's the fact that as time had gone on uh, nintendo actually realized that the hardware is becoming quite dated because This thing is what? It's 1983 this thing came out. That's the hardware technology. And even though this thing came out in 85, even then it was already seen as being quite dated. And, you know, FM synthesis was becoming more and more of a predominant feature in consoles, which you'll, you'll further see. And they actually put, instead of, they found something, they did very ingenious, which is they put enhancement chips in their cartridges. So, well, Nintendo eventually did it, but Konami and Namco were the first to do it. Not, not with Big Dub, but with Rolling Thunder. And they have they, had, they added extra waves to the, the the five that you have there. So I know for sure with with, with Konami they created something called the VRC chip. I could get that right in the wrong order, but that had two extra wave channels. So you actually had seven channels of sound. And if you're going to play Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse, okay, you play the Japanese version, okay, and you get an English translation patch if you want to have the English language, and you listen to that sound. It will totally ruin your experience of the, the NES version because the sound is just that much better. And that first intro stage of Castlevania Dracula's Curse is outstanding. That's actually my favorite song on the NES, actually. That that enhanced version that they did. And this isn't the only time they did this. Um, not just Konami, Taito did it. Um, even Nintendo themselves did it with Mario Brothers 3. By putting enhancement chips, not only for to enhance the graphics, of the already dated hardware, because that was a very late release of the NES, 1990, Mario Brothers 3 came out, and you had the utilization of every single, well, the sound chip at its maximum capacity. But um, to me, you know, 
great sound, great, interesting what Nintendo did to innovate their sound as technology went forward and they saw that their system was getting dated because obviously we had the, the Genesis hardware, the Mega Drive that came out afterwards that they had to they knew, I think they developed you, but they had to actually up their game and make their games at least somewhat consistent with what was out there. So, um, you know, for me, that Castlevania Dracula's Curse, that's my favourite game in terms of sound on the system because of that enhancement chip. But um, very good choice, JDM. Um, anyone? Uh, okay, so what, what about yourself, Sir John? What's your favourite NES sound? And that's your Oh my goodness, for the NES, I, I keep pulling this game out, but it, it, very few people, people know about it. It's an old game called Starluster, and it, it's it's an old um, shoot-em-up game that that came out that kind of emulated how it felt like being in a starship shooting down enemies that keep coming at you. Now, the music to it was very minimal. Uh, but it had the usual, it had the usual operatic fanfare kind of thing. Where it, if you were successful in actually, the music comes in operatic blast. Uh, people hear uh, you going into a heroic battle, and when you defeat the final enemy, that's also when the music crescendos, and everybody knows you won it. So it's it's very minimal, but the fact is, it does enhance the experience of playing on a Famicom slash NES game. Sad to say, our luster never made it to the West, uh, only succeeded, succeeded later on by the PlayStation 1 port uh, Star Ixium. And, you know, that was also kind of spotting too. But yeah, that is my favorite NES slash Famicom soundtrack, Star Luster. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. What about yourself? Uh, what about Sir Raymond? What's what I see him there looking contemplative. What's your favorite NES game? And what do you think of uh, JDM's uh, choice of uh, Dig Dug. Uh-huh. Wait. Uh, actually, I'm not familiar with those kind of sounds because oh. uh, the fact that I really don't care about the, um, the, oh. the soundtrack of the games is just that, yeah, uh, it's basically... I, I, I got one question, actually. Why is it important for games to have a good soundtrack or a good um, beat. Because uh, actually, I'm a music lover, but not that that kind of music lover by means of those soundtracks or the the sounds of the games. So, mm-hmm. why why is it important to you, uh, to gamers like us? Well, to answer that, Raymond, if I if I may, um, mm-hmm. music is important because you only notice it when it's not there. It's the kind of thing that that really makes the experience complete. And imagine Super Mario Brothers. Uh, you're playing through Super Mario Brothers, and you don't have the amazing, iconic music and sound effects that Super Mario. While you're playing through Super Mario, it's like the the, the death sound. The, the everybody recognizes the death sound now. If you if you hear if you, if Mario accidentally hits a Goomba first thing, he dies. That music plays. Dun, 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 dun. Exactly. It adds more color to the game. Yeah, yes. it, it completes the experience. It, it's like the sense of sound is that one thing that you that you don't think about until you realize that it's gone. A lot of the a lot of the senses of humans, the five senses, uh, sight, hearing, sound, taste, smell, mm. you, you just take them for granted. But once one is gone, you notice it completely, mm. and it just completely feels like something's missing and in video games sound is is like something that is there 
and you don't appreciate it until the moment that you turn off that that moment. You, you go into a video game nowadays. A modern a modern video game usually has mm-hmm. that setting. Music off. Mm-hmm. If Kasi, you play through the game and then you, you go through the game again, turn off the music. It's a completely different experience. I only appreciated the soundtrack mm-hmm. when the PS One was introduced. Oh, yeah. There it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, fair enough. I mean, I think um, somebody actually while, made a while playing yes or uh, while playing yes and Sega and mm-hmm. all the eight bit and thirty two and sixteen bit um, consoles. It's like mm. tit, 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 tit. <laughs> the beeps and moves, <laughs> yeah, that's it's true. It's a common sounds for for players like us, mm-hmm. right? Raymond was about uh, sorry, Viraj was about to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, so, so I think Josh just made a point in the comment section right now, saying mm. music equals immersion. Now, mm. it's true. Obviously, people people like the idea. I mean, for for a lot of people, video games is an escape. Okay. And you want to have an escape. You want to enjoy something. You want to get involved in something. You want to feel like you're in that world. And music adds to your senses an audio sense as well as the visual sense. And you want to feel like you're you're part of that adventure, perhaps yes. in the adventure game. Or if you if you're playing a shoot 'em up game, you want to have like a rocking beat that's that's you know like, like a techno beat that goes with it. So there's different genres of, of, of music that are, that fit the relevant game. So I think immersion is, is a very important factor here, and I think it's very important. Now, your point that you make about 8-bit and 16-bit music, I suppose you either love it or you don't like it. And <laughs> with, with PlayStation, and obviously that's when we come to Red Book Audio soundtrack, and that is a huge step from what we had, and we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. When we yeah. come to these and to another, another point is, uh, JDM brought this up perfectly. Even during the Dig Dug days, during the NES and Famicom days, you heard the mu- the music kind of set the tone also once it starts speeding up yeah. and you know that it's a, it's crunch time already and you have to start doing what you need to do before the time runs out or something happens it 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 serves as a cue cue so that something needs to be done already in jdm's case dig dug that final enemy needs to be killed in mario once you hear the once you hear the music go bam 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 then that's you know you got to finish the stage oh, yeah. already <laughs> i like the sound of it now if if i may mm, uh, go ahead. to all of us who grew up with the arcades going to the arcade oh yeah mm. we know what games are in there at first oh yeah mm. unless you're very familiar with the music you know you know the the sounds that they make mm. oh shit, i know they got they got this game they got that game. They got Just stuck space the invaders. Movie. There you go. It's the um right Marvel vs. Capcom yeah. 2. So mm. it, it gives added um, individuality to the games, if that mm. makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Individuality well, it gives them their personality, mm. yeah. identity as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, to insert uh, <laughs> to Joe's point. If you have an Alexa, a speaker, you can actually command it to say. I have one. Oh, there you go. Excellent. <laughs> I would say I would recommend saying uh, "Sounds of the Arcade." You know, um, have Alexa play the "Sounds of the Arcade." You'll hear uh, the sounds of a particular era. If you choose 1989, 1992 onwards, you can actually hear sounds of the arcade, like Street Fighter sounds, Space Invader sounds, Missile Command sounds. Uh, 
all of that you can actually hear and the background while you're working it's a little it's a it's a nice little immersive thing like josh says in the chat it's the fact that you kind of it takes you back to an era where you just walk into an arcade and say i know that's i know that game i know that game i know that game i played that game i got i got my initials on that game it's part of the experience I, i need to i need to try that one uh, yeah there you go <laughs> I, i just need to find my alexa here so <laughs> arcade party i think that's called yeah the anyway no, back to, so i didn't get to get asked the question with sajo because obviously we're talking about what do you think of the dig dog soundtrack sajo and oh, yeah, yeah. there's mm. your favorite nes soundtrack mm. so that's, that's obviously what we're going so 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 this question to sajo what's your mm. favorite nes soundtrack or, or, yes. or music? me Um, yes. Oh my God! Uh, putting me out there. All right. Um, <laughs> um, number one, uh, a few things. The Dark Tales, of course. Um, the oh, Moon yeah. Team. Mm. Oh, do we, oh, oh! Uh, added its stipulation. We're going to hum it. All of the <laughs> we're songs we're going, right. going to hum it. <laughs> mm. um, copyright be damned. Yes. Uh, F U and F U Y T. Uh, Meg- uh, Mega Man 2 mm. Dr. Wily stage se- uh, second mm. uh, second area yeah. Yeah. Mm. heck yeah I just make you just hear it on guitar it's one of those oh yeah you right it, you know? mm. um, what else oh shit dig that uh, dig that um, mm. bubble bubble I like what this is becoming. Let's call it a jam session, right, man? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Don't give up your day job. And what about yourself? What's your favorite this this theme? I just want to know what yours is. God, that's so hard. I mean, for me, probably would be. I mean, obviously, Castlevania. I couldn't imagine Zelda I mean, without the music. In um, <laughs> I couldn't imagine Zelda without the music because it made it so immersive and so much more than what it was. You know, I couldn't imagine. Imagine Zelda without music. Yeah. Imagine like Mighty Final Fight without music or like Castlevania. I mean, like the level design plays so well with the music design. It's it's just so immersive on like those levels. You actually feel like you're in a spooky castle or. You know, it just the final fight with Dracula. The music is just, yeah. it's great. It's epic, you know, and it's just with bloopity bleeps, and it's well, it's a little bit more than bloopity bleeps, but it's 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 just very impressive. So I I like Faxanadu a lot. I like, um, but I would say, yeah, Castlevania mm. is the one that when I hear it, every single time I stop. Yeah. Like if I'm at a gaming store it, and they're playing it, what's that? Can you hum it? Can you hum it, sir, man? <laughs> Do it. Do it! Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Although it's a bad point, though. Vampire Killer, the the Vampire Killer song will still be the most iconic Castlevania song for me. Yeah, that's right. It's like you hear that. Ah, that's Castlevania. Doesn't doesn't matter. You know it's Castlevania. Yeah, you know. Even I don't play Castlevania, and even I know that's Castlevania. Yeah, it's crazy to me because when you listen to it, you're like, how did they create that with what they were limited to create with? Like, right? How is it so like impressive and profound sounding? You know, iconic. Yeah, iconic. Yeah, exactly. And it still blows my mind. Yeah, it sounds just the time. 
Yeah. I'm ready to move on to the Game Boy section. There you go. All right. Yeah. Now, Miss, Miss Porter sadly can't be with us uh, due to uh, miscellaneous reasons. So I'll be talking, I'll just be talking briefly about her choice of it. Now, the Game Boy was the first sort of mainstream handheld system uh, that came out in 89, right? And it was like mm. a big blocky thing. I haven't got my one to hand today. And um, I was a bit baffled when Miss Eileen wanted to, Miss Porter wanted to sort of mention the, the Game Boy as, a, as an option. Um, but I, listen, it had a number of games on it. Um, and, and, and a lot of games which had very memorable soundtracks, even though it had a primitive sound system. Now, the Game Boy had four channels of sound and you something called a very, very long sound. And, um, and um, we have four, four, four channels of sound. So we've got a fourth channel, a second fourth channel, one noise channel for the sound effect, and a wave channel for sort of lower instruments. Now, there are a number of great Game Boy games that we could just go on and on and talk about, from something like Mario Land to even the greats like Pokemon, yeah? But, um, you know, the one that Miss Eileen has chosen, or Miss Porter has chosen, is um, Final Fantasy Adventure. That's her, that's her choice of, of song. Well, we so, can have a quick listen to it, if you like. Let's have a listen to it. Let's go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a sample of what the Game Boy music sounds like. So. Will Viraj sing? I think we're good. I think we're good. Right, it's waving. I must say, I have to. I have to say one thing about it. For such a tiny little device, it produces yeah. very complex music. If yeah. you listen to it, you you might say that it's beeps and boops and bleeps and everything like that. But when you listen to how it's arranged and how they, the points counterpoint against the notes counterpoint against each other right. it's complex yeah there's complex. like there's a reverb in it yeah you know, the sound and it has sound. a mixer this is it's a chip which had the mixer in it and the nez didn't have that it, this has a mixer chip in there that allows you to put a tone in there and mm -hmm. you can, it's you've got a timer on that and it can it can end it can, can even loop things as well so it was a lot easier Mm -hmm. For them to make music for the Game Boy, if anything, because even though it's more primitive in terms of mm -hmm. what they put in there, they mm -hmm. actually added some extra features in there. And it's actually really good. Um, and here we have Miss um, Arnie, because she can't be with us today. So she's written, Why I like the FFA or Final Fantasy adventure music on the Game Boy is despite mm -hmm. how simple music was then on the handheld, Final Fantasy adventure soundtrack provided was able to convey different emotions and feel of the game depending on the levels and events. My music choice, Never Ending Battle, you just listened to earlier, mm -hmm. is an iconic upbeat track that puts the player in action mode as the adventure begins. Dungeon level tracks are pretty melodic, boss fights are intense, 
There are whimsical tunes and well to balance, as well to balance the equation, and a cute chocobo theme to boot. And spoiler alert: if Final Fantasy VII has Aerith, Final Fantasy Advance has Amanda. A death mm. scene accompanied by the lonely music is devastating. Special mention: oh. the music of Super Mario Land. Yeah, I, I mentioned that. It's truly wonderful and gives Mario on the Game Boy its own mark. Mm. So, yeah, she's, she's, she's got a special mention. I did love Mario Land. I have, I have Mario Land. But this this particular track is definitely an eye-opener, man. It is beautiful. It does have that um, adventurous theme. Like, you're, you're getting pumped to go on this adventure to fight all the, the monsters or whatever. Mm. Um, so it definitely has a, has a feeling to it. And one thing I can never argue with is feelings. So mm. it's... <laughs> It's actually a, a very interesting sound. I actually, I think it's a very good choice because I've not heard anything. I've never, I've never played Final Fantasy Adventure. So mm-hmm. so, yeah, me neither. I mean, my, my favorite tracks on the Game Boy. Um, I mean, am I being corny here with Tetris? I mean, no, no. Tetris is a great sound. The music is just going to get stuck in your head, you know? And everyone knows that theme. The Tetris oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we had the movie that just came out. Watch the Tetris movie, it's really good. But it's, it's again a very catchy soundtrack. So yeah, props to um, the choice. It's really good. What about you, uh, Sir John? What's your favorite? What, what do you think of this sound? And what's your favorite song for the Game Boy? Uh, me personally, uh, the sound this that Miss Eileen presented, like I said, it's it's surprisingly complex. It's it's deceptive actually. The Game Boy visually is not very impressive when you play it. It's just a it's a green screen, a LCD with against a semi green screen. But when you listen to the music, particularly like this, it makes you kind of wonder how how it could have possibly been elevated more if without the music you would have just been looking at the plain screen sure you would have gotten the bleeps and bloops but this music really elevates the experience you it's better than how it might be visually presented initially so props to miss eileen it's an amazing track an amazing choice uh for my personal choice in terms of game boy original um music i don't quite recall it yes it is um uh it would have to be the in this one again i talked about it at length before it's donkey kong for original game boy because it reproduces the experience of the donkey kong arcade game but it puts its own twist on it because of the fact that it has additional mixes and it kind of ties in thematically to super mario brothers the the first game on the famicom slash nes does does it have super game boy support uh, I'm not quite sure. I've never actually tried the Super Game Boy. Okay, so, so for those of you at home who don't know what I'm talking about, the mm-hmm. Super Game Boy was an add-on for your Super Nintendo. It was a cartridge yeah. that went into the slot and you put your mm-hmm. Game Boy games in it. And what we'd allow you to do is utilize the graphics and the sound chip in the in the Super Nintendo mm-hmm. to enhance the sound of what you're hearing on a Game Boy game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there were some games that were programmed with it, a handful of games that were programmed with it on the in, during the Game Boy Color era, and even some of the Game Boy era that could actually do that. So mm-hmm. very good. Joshua, well, Thompson, the Game Boy makes made very good music with the limited technology. That's very good for the best mm-hmm. Game Boy DMG music. Got Don Kong Land too. So we've got another comment there. There so you go. Game Boy gamers here. I I would say. Oh, I forgot to hum it. Yeah. So. So there, that's the arcade theme to Donkey Kong. Okay, there you go. It's it's the fact that it's reproduced here, and again, if we're talking about iconicity of particular musics, it's it's that one is almost as iconic. There you go. It does. It's got that whimsical aspect to it. No, 
and that you're have gonna be having fun because of the fact that it it's almost like a circus type of music. You know you're approaching a gorilla and you're about to fight him. So I would say very quickly on that cover, it does have Super Game Boy support. It did. Show oh, it just- does. Wow. Give it a go. Got some Game Boy. Give it a go. Thank you very much for that. Um, what about yourself? Um, uh, 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 Raymond, so Raymond, I mean, is there a specific game? I'm, I'm guessing no, not for you. You don't care about the Game Boy soundtrack much. Actually, I don't care. Honestly, I don't care about the, the sounds of the game itself. Um, <laughs> All yeah. right, Raymond, for the <laughs> audio portion, Raymond is not full cat hair mode. No, 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 it's not that he doesn't care. I mean, he's got something on his head. Maybe more exposure to the Game Boy. That's it. Actually, it's not. It's not about it. For me, for me, Virage. Hmm. Um, it doesn't mean I, I don't care about the music. It's okay. just that um, every time I play, I don't hmm. usually go with the sounds. Or, uh, um, although Raymond, I'm surprised that you didn't mention that the sound to Pokemon, the original Pokemon games, um, didn't yeah, well, impact yeah. you though. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, it has sounds, but for me, it. Did, 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 did. <laughs> uh, maybe because of the uh, technology back maybe then. I think that's what it is yeah, 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 yeah. Like that, I wouldn't even do that just like I told you guys the soundtrack was um, parang, um, was introduced to me when the PS1 arrived mm. PS1 was, okay. uh, so it's the synthesized oh, oh, oh. music already mm, for Raymond yeah. okay. <laughs> sorry guys What's your favorite sound on the Game Boy? And what do you think of Mr. Sports Choice? Um, for me, it's going to be the uh, music of the very first uh, town uh, place in Pokemon. Pokemon mm. Red, mm. Uh, Yellow, and Blue. Hamid. Yeah. It's uh, Palette Town. Hamid. Uh, okay. Na 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 uh village music it's always peaceful mm, yeah it's, it's always serene. you mm. you don't um it's like you don't have the care in the world what's going to happen in the succeeding chapters mm-hmm. it's always like that yeah it's your boyhood town that's it I don't care it's, about the music. <laughs> it's your it's your boyhood town, and before you know, sh- shit hits the fan, shall we that's say? A, okay. it's very, uh, JDM, that's a very wholesome choice you've made. I actually like that song. Very yes. wholesome. Mm-hmm. What about you, so Joe? What's your favorite uh, Game Boy theme? Yeah, you. Oh Me, no, um, Joe. So Joe, so Joe. With the uh, with the Game Boy DMG around that time when it first came out, I actually I, I didn't even know it was out. Back in Manila, it's all about the brick games, really. So I don't really oh, got games. Uh, I, I really don't just just a just a derivative versions of Tetris. That's all that we got. Hmm. So um, having a Game Boy is a luxury, to be honest. So I never really got the chance to play uh, a lot of Game Boy DMG games. But if there will be one in particular that I remember, it's the Mega Man. Uh, for the Game Boy DMG, yeah, it, it, I'm, this is not the canon. Uh, this is one of the canon ones. I think it. I think it was called Mega Man Five, but he's battling uh, robot masters based from the planets. If, 
I'm not sure if, uh, if 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 anyone remembers that game. I remember Mega Man 5, but I never played it though. I know it was on Mega the- Man 5 World 5 or Mega Man 5 on NES. No, the Game Boy. Uh, on the, the game, game Boy. Mega Man 5 World 5. They had, they had some very they're very so, eclectic. Um, so, uh, so it's it's not it's not uh, so the robot masters are not um, like uh, like uh, like Blade Man or Shadow Man. It's just the, the name of the planets. The, oh, wow. the, yeah. are, 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 the enemies are based from the names of the planets, like uh, you know, uh, we got Mercury, Mars, uh, Venus, uh, yeah, Jupiter, Saturn. Yeah. One thing I really loved on the Game Boy was Elect Man's theme and the first um, Mega Man on the Game Boy. Oh, you mean the you mean the you mean the one that sounds like Journey? Yes. Faithfully. What's your favorite uh, uh, Game Boy? Sir Matt. Oh, sorry. Um, for dude, I, to be honest, I didn't really play the Game Boy that much. Um, okay. Growing up, I don't. I don't really. There's not really one that I was like, oh my god, I gotta. You know, that was the one. Pokemon definitely. I like the uh, the cave music because it was kind of dark and mysterious, and you really felt when you entered a cave, like you really felt like, okay, I shouldn't be in here, kind of thing. And uh, also, like when you get towards the end of the game, it's been a while since I played Pokemon, but like when you get uh, when you're you're in the tower and you're fighting the um, Team Rocket. And you're mm-hmm. using like the teleporter to like go different places. Uh, yeah. The music there too is like really like kind of dark and yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, and I thought it was cool. Like a game like that that looked the way it did also had like really brooding atmosphere and like portions of the game that actually felt really really dark in comparison to like. Well, I guess the the cartoon did have its parts too, like the Sabrina yeah. fight and stuff. But like, it's um, a lighted game, but it, it's nice to see that other aspect of, of Pokemon, which is dark and it's portrayed in the music in, in this particular. Yeah, you make yeah. it it's multifaceted, and it's and we'll come to that in a bit about multifaceted soundtracks. Not it's not always all happy and and, and sunny. Mm-hmm. But so, oh, thank you very much for that. Yeah. All right. So let's move to the next section. I uh, know we finished with the Game Boy. Um, we're gonna wait, do... wait, wait, Viraj. How about the sound of La- Lavender Town in the Pokemon? Yeah. Why you sing it? I love it. Sing it. Yes, I'm in for Raymond. The creepy thing, you know. The creepy thing. Okay. Yeah, I love it too. That's a good. Right. Okay. So shall we move, shall we move on to the Mega Drive now? <laughs> there you go. System on the agenda. So uh, there we go. There we go. The, the mini. Ah. Um, now this, this, is where, this is where things got real. Okay. So so Dan mm. giving us today is covering uh, that aspect. So without further ado, take it away. Let's just have a look what he has to say about it. Hello to everybody out there and all the timeless gamer crew out there. Uh, pleasure to join you on this music show, as per usual. Uh, I'm Dan from the Sega Mega Masters, and I'm going to be talking about the Sega Mega Drive's Yamaha YM2612 sound chip, which uh, is my personal favourite, of course. Um, now, it's an FM synthesis sound chip, uh, and for for those of you who aren't aware, FM synthesis is basically um, it's a frequency modulation method of making music and it's basically the sound of the 80s and 90s if you if you hear synth sounds in a lot of 80s songs and um, that is fm synthesis really it was made popular by the um, yamaha dx7 keyboard uh, and it was very famous in a lot of 80s songs 
uh, stuff like Our Horse uh, Take On Me and Sun Always Shines On TV uh, and Bon Jovi's Living On A Prey. Uh, a lot of bands used the DX7 keyboards in the songs. You had like like some Wham, Queen, Baltimore, uh, Go West, Level 42, Tears For Fears. Uh, and the, the Mega Drives, Yamaha uh, YM2612 has a, has a very similar flavor to it. Um, so uh, the chip itself um, is a six channel, four operator, eight algorithm chip. And the channels are divided into uh, two sets of three, okay? With the last set, um, or the last of each set, uh, able to use uh, different frequencies that um, they're from the first two channels of each set. Uh, and so by assigning different frequencies to it, you basically get a set of harmonics, which again, adds to that delicious flavor um, and, and the, gives that Mega Drive unique, unique sexy sound that we so love. And um, in fact, okay, I've got a little video here that I'm going to put on a play. And this guy has made his own little synthesizer setup. Um, uh, his name is his, his channel's called Look Mum No Computer, uh, and he's used the Mega Drive to make his own little synth box. So let's get it up and let's check it out. It sounds up. <laughs> So you can, you know, you can get a sense of that delicious, lovely Mega Drive flavour in that, that, um, that just oozes through that. So, uh, so I hope that's whetted your appetite because um, the the song of choice for me to represent that in a game is uh, none other uh, than, of course, the 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 very legendary Streets of Rage Two. And uh, the, the song of choice from Streets of Rage 2 is Under Logic. Okay, now, um, as most people know out there, Streets of Rage 2, uh, the music composer in that was Yuzo Koshiro, who is equally as legendary. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's definitely no stranger to retro gaming fans. He's responsible for uh, excellent soundtracks such as Revenge of Shinobi, Axe Razor, Shenmue, Etrian Odyssey. Uh, master, the master System version of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and, of course, the Streets of Rage series, which uh, I dare say is where most of you know him from. Um, and if you don't, sort your life out and get and play that, because it's some it's a top, top game, it's alright, get something. Um, anyone familiar with 90s music should uh, straight away be able to pick up um, the influences of bands like The Shaman uh, in Nuzo's work. And that's definitely apparent in Underlogic. Underlogic is pretty much the rip-off of uh, the Shame Blue Bay Mountain. Uh, but it's a great evolution of that song too. So yeah, I'm not going to do Uzo Dad. I think he's done a fantastic job of that. Um, and this is what makes the Mega Drive so special to me, because 
Whilst all the systems have fantastic music, and I don't want to diss the other systems, you know what I mean? It's uh, it is just gaming music a lot of the time. You know, I mean, you, you're listening to stuff like from games like Chrono Trigger, uh, Final Fantasy, Call of Duty, Castlevania. They've all got amazing soundtracks, but it is just a gaming soundtrack. It's, 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 it's you know a bedroom soundtrack. You will hear that in your bedroom on your computer. But it's not really indicative or, or, or doesn't have any connection with any scenes at the time. Um, whereas Under Logic is just one example of many from, from Yuzo and the Mega Drive. It's very connected to the, to the 90s music scene. Um, I mean, it's, it's um, you, you, when, when I were a kid, it was awesome because you'd play Streets of Rage or Revenge of Shinobi in the day and, and be listening to these wicked beats. And then you go out at night in the town, and those same beats would be out there. You know what I mean? You've got you've got bands like the, you know Yuzo was influenced by like Black Box, Soul Soul, The Shaman, and their songs were playing out there when you know, when you put out with your mates. So you could you were essentially syncing the vibe in and that connection in both ways. You know what I mean? You were you playing your games with your mates in the day. You were taking, taking your mates out at night with hopefully with some of the girls that you were playing with in the day and you were dancing and clubbing and those sounds were out there stuff. It were like this really, really magical kind of you know, fantasy reality connection that just kind of just made that whole time so electric and so special. You know, it, it was superb really. Um, you know, I mean, some of, some, of these, some of these songs, you know, I mean, a lot of my mates and myself like had his first kisses in his first gropes and that we could all still uh, both both in the bedroom on, on the mega drive and out when we got drunk at night so it, it was you know it's a very very um magical magical um flavor and time and uh, a, a whole kind of you know conglomeration of elements really and uh, and for me that's why that's why the second mega drive is is just special musically and um, the, the FM synth sound, the 80s, the 90s, it's all there. It's all, you know, it's, 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 you're not just, when you're listening to it, you're not just listening to a game, you're listening to the entire, you know, the, the, the peak of that era, the entire era, you know what I mean? And I'm a guitar man, I'm a, I'm a guitarist, I've played in bands over the years, many, you know, many bands. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the uh, Yamaha chip does guitar fantastically as well. You know, you listen to, to um, games like Thunder Force 3, you know, Devil Crash, and, and it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's the, the belting rocking songs as well, it's just rock and metal, amazing. Um, but Under Logic's the song I've gone for with this. Um, so, you know, dance away and get get your boogie on, because like I said, you, this is, this is, oh, it was the nice man, it was the nice, oh, yeah. Oh. I, I can't <laughs> agree with him enough. Like, mm. the 90s, that, like, dance music and metal, like kind of coinciding together and especially and yet, video game music yeah. geez dude matt so i never thought sega was the one who introduced electro dance music <laughs> right it's really emphasized right. on electro dance right, right? yeah i never I mean, thought I, I i i was just yeah boom, man, boom. It, and you can actually feel the influence all the way to today to the persona series you can hear that yes. music in, in japan and uh, I, I know it's j-pop but definitely you can still 
feel the influence uh, for, for the music in in the Persona series, which is you know uh, iconically one of the Sega properties, wasn't it? Uh, I'm not quite sure, Atlas. but yeah, Atlas. Atlas, Atlas yeah. yeah, sorry, but Sega it, it, it's Atlas. Sega owns Atlas. So Sega owns Atlas. Atlas. There you go. So that you can actually feel it there, and it's it's and uh, like like I I it's it was quite a it was quite an experience seeing Dan rocking out to you know. <laughs> 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 and that you the YouTube uh because that's like the remastered restored mm. versions of those songs I listen to that like all the time yeah. go for it or go straight mm-hmm. whatever the mm-hmm. iconic one like gosh I mean there's, there's so many go remixes streamer, on the yeah. logic has a lot of remixes on YouTube anyway oh, you look at the ocremix.org which has loads of video game remixes that have enhanced even the basic chip tunes of the NES to contemporary modern stands that even that even Raymond would like because you know, it sounds more like real music so mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things that i really like now on the subject of the mega drive uh, and the hardware what, what i found really interesting about that is yeah and dan did touch on the yamaha um ym2612 chip which was um well known for that system and it was, it was regarded as a very very popular sound chip at the time and sega paid a premium for that having that chip in their system and it, it shows because that is that chip has been utilized again and again when from the earlier days where they only used the five channels or six channels that came with it what a lot of people forget about the mega drive is that it actually has another sound chip in there okay it's the uh Texas Instruments FN chip, basically, well, the programmable sound um, generator, which basically was in the master system. So it's actually a master system, because remember this is backwards compatible with the master system. Again, you could have a through flow. So you actually have 10 channels of sound on this. Now, really talented programmers would use all 10 program, talk, all sound effects. So you'd actually have those three on the master system as well, working in conjunction with the Sega Mega Drive as well. So you actually had a lot more channels in terms of output because people say, well, hang about, and we're gonna we're gonna come to Mr. Bustle's choice in a bit. The Super Nintendo has seven channels of sound, the Mega Drive has five. What is this? Well, actually the Mega Drive had more if you counted the other chip in there. Yeah. Now, on the subject of Sudan talk Sudan's choice, people think, okay, it's got this really good house techno beats from that particular, but that wasn't just what the Yamaha chip was great at. You could have some nice symphonic synthesis music on there. Um, I, I give you, I mentioned Ristar, um, that had some lovely symphonic music on, on the snow level. Yes, uh, I mentioned World of Illusion had a lovely symphonic sky level. Rocket Knight Adventures, the second level where you're going over the sea, it had a lovely, lovely soft music. So it wasn't always just about techno beats. Again, you also had great guitar synths. Desert Strike, the intro theme is just rocking on that. And there were just so many great games like Hellfire or, or whatever that had really good guitar synths on the Mega Drive. So. But that, the, 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 to be honest, the, the track that Dan has chosen is a great track because it's made by Yuzo Koshiro, as you mentioned, who is a legend in video game uh, terms, in terms of making music. And FM synthesis is, is really what the Mega Drive is all about. You like FM synthesis, you like that sort of music, the Mega Drive is definitely the right system you But um, yeah, the, so yeah, Ristar and, and World of Illusion, they, they, they had some lovely music, that's some of my favorites on the system. Mm. But um, what about you, uh, Sir Joel? I mean, what's your favorite track on the Mega Drive? Uh, uh, before we, yeah, before we get into my favorite tracks on the Mega Drive, I'd like to uh, give a shout out to the people in the okay. chats. I'd like to say hi to Christopher Abistado, who's uh, actually Joshua Hunt, who says, quite the undertaking. Christopher Abistado, who says, 
Oh, Castlevania, Castlevania Belmont's Revenge all, have also the best music in Game Boy DMG. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's a very good point. Daniel Dignalisa oh, says, Yo, Sir Joel, Joe RPG, Eileen, JDM, Raymond, Matt Bustle, and Virage. There you go. Daniel Dignalisa of Dan Dice Gaming. And of course, Mr. Baruna Royka. Gamit Agle on Twitch. Thanks very much, Gavi. Thank you very much. One of our more, more, more loyal viewers. Very, very happy that he's here. Uh, Joey Tamsa says, Music enhances the game's feel. The right music will go beyond that by touching the emotion and adding more immersion experience. And of course, we also have our usuals, DG Tamer 43 uh, who says, speaking of NES, are you guys familiar with Action 52? I'm not quite sure I am, actually. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. I am. It's a compilation okay. name, Carl. I'm familiar with the game. And uh, the, of course, Delstein who says, good evening. Thank you very much, Delstein. Very, very happy that you're here. Very, very happy that everybody in the chat is here. So getting on, though, my personal favorite, actually, I'm kind of surprised that uh, Dan did <laughs> Fantasy Star, uh, the the Fantasy Star series for for his for his choices. Uh, but uh, dovetailing with that, my personal choice in terms of Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive music is a, one of the lesser known ones, but actually was included in in the mini consoles, if I remember correctly, Baraj. It's a game called Shining in the Darkness. I'm not quite sure if yes. most people are familiar with it. Too. Yeah, it's on the Mega Drive Mini too. It's on the Mega Drive Mini 2. Uh, Shining in the Darkness is a first-person dungeon crawler game akin to the Eye of the Beholder series on the DOS. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, on the PC uh, version of games, uh, where basically it's, uh, you go into dungeons on a first-person perspective, du- go dungeon crawling, go fight monsters, uh, turn-based, uh, turn-based games. I like the music there because of the fact that it's very evocative of how tense it is going into unknown territory where it's dark and there's danger lurking in every single corner uh but when you're above ground when mm-hmm. you go into a town or into an inn you can hear kind of the, the kind of music that, that that you know how those aliens play in in star wars when you go into the cantina it, yeah. it's a lot yeah. like that i forgot that i forgot jovial the yeah. it's very jovial it's yeah. very jovial you can hear You can hear the atmosphere of being in an in an in a in a bar playing. It's it's it sets the theme of where you are and how you feel in wherever you are. So that's my personal favorite in terms of music for the Sega Genesis, Shining in the Darkest. For those of you who want to listen to it, you can check it out on YouTube. The music is very RPG, shall we say, classical RPG and it sets the theme for what you're supposed to be doing and how you're supposed to be going about it. Back to you, Viraj. All right, that's very interesting. JDM was raising his hand. While you're there, can you tell us your favorite Genesis soundtrack and what is you had to say? Um, I I haven't played um, many uh, Genesis soundtracks, but I heard in Spider-Man Maximum Carnage, they did uh, Mob Rules by um, Black Sabbath. Was it uh, but they they did a met uh, trash metal uh, soundtrack. It's unlicensed, but they had the um, FM uh, synthesizer sound like a guitar, and it's rocking like a metal um, a song from Black Sabbath. Yes, so it's part of boss battle. That, that's not the first time they've done something like that. Um, Rolling Thunder Three, the first stage is called Damn Bad. And it's basically grafted and ripped from T-Square's Megalith, which is basically a jazz band in Japan. So they've actually taken something and have made it in effort synthesis and they've done that. So it's not the first time that something that's actually been taken in popular culture and put on, on the Mega Drive. I think Rock and Roll Racing is another one which had some 
some interesting bands. And you also had, had Crew Ball as well. Uh, I think that was a what's that name of that band that they that, that was a Motley Crew, Motley Crew, uh, and yeah, yeah, other music on there as well. That's a very interesting point there. Very interesting points. What was put on the Mega Drive, and it does actually reinforce the point Dan made that the Mega Drive and popular culture or popular music, shall we say, but be it metal music or even punk, deep punk music, a lot of it was was borrowed and and and, and interchanged on the system. So it was actually. A system of its time. I think there's something really special about that. Yeah. What about yourself, Sir, Sir Joe? What do you think? What's your favorite Genesis Mega Drive music? Um, Streets of Rage 2 has always been my go-to Sega hey. Mega Drive game. Actually, like I, I like if you play a random track from Street of Rage 2, I know which stage that is. Mm. <laughs> I play it so much, and uh, uh, and with that thought, I would say. For for me, the best music track would be well because it's the it's the only thing that I know, the ending theme for oh, yeah. Season Two. Yeah. And about that about that track, dare I say, it's just a repeating loop, mm. and the, the notes are just the same. Um, for uh, for the composition, and it's just ch- uh, it's just changing up the it's just changing up the yeah. pitch. Either it goes higher, go lower, higher, lower, but pretty much the same tunes actually. If you're going to if you're going to see the the sheet music of the of the ending theme for Streets of Rage two, identical from uh, from frame to frame, and and I just realized that uh, that oh, oh my god, it's, it's just it's pretty much the same tune over and over, but still it. Uh, Whenever I whenever I uh, finish the game, it just gives that feeling that you really you deserve that win. Yes. When, um, it brings me back to my childhood that uh, when when we were renting out the Sega Mega Drive, uh, the Genesis, uh, for an hour, two hours, uh, I wanted to hear that music again and again and again. Yeah. Out of out of all of the bodies I put down, out of all of the bitches I slapped. <laughs> Out of all of the knives that, <laughs> that I stab with, yeah. you know, you, you deserve that music. I mean, it's one of those. It's, it's one of those. Uh, it's one of those ending music tracks that you feel like it's it's really an ending. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's, there are a lot of games out there that once you finish it, and then the ending theme plays, and then yeah. okay, it's just the ending. But with Street of Rage two, once That's you once you hear that, you know it's a heroic ending deserved for you. And out of all of the out of all of the hours that you played strategizing, beating Shiva, <laughs> God damn it, Shiva! <laughs> yeah, it's different. Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, you know, there's another way you could have heard that track. You could have just gone into options and it's a soundtrack rather than going through all that. I just want to let you know that. Um, anyway, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just no, saying it's it, the game. meaningless unless you finish the game. Ah, it, it, well, that's true. It, it, it does give you that feeling yeah. of self-actualization, mm-hmm. like you have actually completed something momentous. Are we going to play it for us? You're really going to play it for us? Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's go back. That's the first level. Let's go back. Yeah. Do when that pace comes in, like, oh my god. Actually, you can you can play that on in, on any club these days, and it's still rock. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We did actually do a revised club soundtrack for this. I'll see if I've got it on my hard drive. I'll send it to you. Um, we did a revised public for this. It's really good. I'll send it to you. The I people will say it's new. 
it's new to but it's been in the 90s you know the title of this song it's called go straight right so yep. maybe you should take some lessons from that to joe yeah go straight yeah don't take the wonky road take the straight road but yeah go straight. go straight fantastic um who else has, who hasn't spoken yet what about you sir raymond i know you don't care about the mega drive or that sound but is there anything that that pops your interest what do you think of this just choice streets of rage what do you think um raymond i mean what's your what's your thoughts on this just like i said a while ago <laughs> <laughs> Genesis games are quite good like for mm. this one state of rage 2 and uh yeah state of rage 3 diba? it's like the beginning of the electro dance music you know electro dance know. music yeah. Yeah. i never thought sega genesis have those kind of you know music wow. Mm. I, I think oh, this yeah. is Raymond's kind of introduction into yeah. how how yeah. Uh, music before the PS1 was so yeah. complex, really. I'm beginning to like Sega now. There you go. Oh, there <laughs> I'm beginning to like it. <laughs> what I will say to Raymond is I can understand your prejudice because some of the early Genesis soundtracks weren't the best in the world. They're quite mm. primitive, but as from 1991 going on was 1992-93 there were like there's some really good stuff there any 94 there are some really good sounds there and it depends on the game but with something like Yuzo Koshiro with Streets of Rage if you like and again it depends on the genre of music you like you can't really go wrong but give it a give it a go that's all I will say and what about um who, who hasn't spoken Mr Mr. Bustle you have you're the yeah. last one right let's, let's see what you have to say always the last one yeah I mean yes yeah, uh Streets of Rage 2, obviously. I mean, that was like the one I remember, you know, obviously, you know, a ghost rate. I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing, obviously. Like, that was the one of, one of the first games that was just like, how are they doing all that? Because I never heard such a busy score with like so many elements and levels to it, you know? There's a lot of building and bass coming in and out. It's very like, and it, it's very intense. Um, So that's obviously one, all the music in that game. I really like the, uh, like the boss fighting music, like that. It's hard for me to like mouth it, but like when you're fighting the guy at the bar, you know, when you step outside and you like fight yes. the dude with like oh. the uh, tank top or whatever. Yeah, I love that music. I think that music's really cool. Um, I had to write down some things because in comparison to the Super Nintendo, I always played Earthworm Jim on the SNES and then I played it on the Sega and I was like, man, I like the sound of the Sega. Oh, the Mega Drive. Because that's it's designed true. for the PS5, it's a Mega Drive game ported to the SNES. Mega has the edge in terms of music. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, that's quite. To good. some, to right. some level, like some you know songs I liked, you know better. I like Doom. I like the way Doom sounds better on a Super Nintendo. I think it sounds a little bit more beefy on a Super Nintendo. There was no Doom on the Mega um, Drive. There wasn't. No. Oh, then I, I'm, uh, maybe I'm thinking of it like on, uh, on DOS. No, 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 I, I think, think it had Sega a different sound. Or Sega CD. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then another one that I like that's, I don't know if it's, uh, I thought the music in Biohazard uh, Battle. I had to write that down because I was just thinking, I was like, I really like that game and that, that game also has really good music. And then when I was looking at music for this show, I realized I never really played the Shinobi games. And, yeah, and I, I listened to some of the, dude, I listened to some of the music in Shinobi 3 and I was, I was like perplexed. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, it's, it's, and yeah, I'm not the only one. 
Yeah. Yeah. It would be. Hey. But, um, hey. but yeah, the first one was so hard. I was just like, I can't even get past the first level. Like, I give up. Well, Revenge of Shinobi. Yeah. That's okay. So. Just give it another go, because one of the trials I had on the Mega Masters was to beat that game for review purposes. So just keep going there. This is the Master System Shinobi. The arcade version. The arcade, the first, first Shinobi. So this is beat. Not revenge, that we're talking about. But yeah, again, a damn beat to it. So, um, but yeah, you've got to love Shinobi. But um, all right, great choices here. I mean, Yuzo Kishiro, just so you know, just to answer your question, how does this, how, how are we getting so much sound out of this game? Well, Yuzo, Yuzo Kishiro was an FM synthesis artist. And one of the tricky things about the Mega Drive was producing and getting the best out of that sound. Now, in Japan, FM synthesis was the scene. That's what they were doing. And as you saw in Sedan's video, like the guy who was doing it had all these dials and knobs. And you have a lot more variation with FM synthesis, different tones you can play with. If you have a very talented FM synthesis artist like we had with Yuzo Kishiro, sorry, Yuzo Kishiro, you have really good sound. What they did for Western developers um, was they used something called the, a gem sound system, which is basically something for, that basically was like a dumbed down way of making sound for the Mega Drive. So Sonic Spinball is an example of a gem sound system. Now some people like that sound, some people don't like that sound, but it had its pro likes, loves and hates. And I think with, with that, the gem sound, it's, it's a love and hate kind of thing. But if you've got someone like Yuzo Kishiro, a proper FN synths artist, then you can win. And that's where I think the Mega Drive is kind of polarized in that regard. But I like the sound, generally speaking. I love those tones of gems and FM synthesis being used on the Mega Drive. But um, that's just my final thoughts on the Mega Drive. Love it. So, Joe, do you want to say something? I see oh, you um, we got a request, and I'm sure if we can squeeze it in. He's okay. talking uh, about um, Joshua Hunt is saying, can we play something or talk about Musha for the Sega Mega oh, Drive? Oh, oh yeah. So, so maybe just a sample of it. So, Musha is basically uh, a less day. For the uh, for the Mega Drive, I don't know if this is the soundtrack. Yeah, we show that. Again, this is another one. So you got that beat as you go there. It's a vertical shoot 'em up, and we want to put a lot going on in between. Going at it. It really has that uh, that uh, that signature. Yeah. Sega Mega Drive sound. Again, another excellent use of FM synthesis, Musha. So, thank you very much, Mr. Josh, for that one. Musha was, um, I think, it was included on the Mega Drive Mini 2 as well, wasn't it? Or was it? I can't remember. No, it's on the Mega Drive Mini. On the Asian we never got it. Is it a shooter game? It's a, yeah, it's a vertical shoot em up and it's very expensive. Hmm. Okay, it's yeah, very what the hell? Yeah. Right. But anyway. You um, can go and buy that. What? No, I can't. <laughs> no, I can't. No. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those games that if I get the chance, if I ever get the chance to play in the future, I'll be thankful. But I don't even know how much it's going for nowadays. How much does it go for, Barrage? Yeah, $500 or something, I think. Well, oh, my goodness. That's not uh, <laughs> oh, for yeah. Joe, maybe. For Joe, that's yeah, nothing. He, he, <laughs> he sold his shirt to buy all these other games. That's why he's wearing his wife being. He sold his shirts and all these other oh, games. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Done it all. Uh, does it have a hentai version? No. Oh, it kind of looks like it does. Rule 34. <laughs> Rule 34 of the internet. <laughs> let's move on to the next system. Let's move on to the next system. Because, yes, the Mega Drive is great, but we also have 
this lovely baby. Obviously, this is the the prettier, better looking version of no, what. That's uh, ugly. The, 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 the this one. That's ugly. We got two to your one. Get I, out. I cannot represent <laughs> mine. It's in the box right now. I never <laughs> thought it, it's going to very... go and tell. Barrage, how do you turn it on? You're an ignorant American, yeah? You see, the thing is, it's power. You see, it says power. Can you read? Oh, no, I, I can't read that. It says here, it says here, power. Oh, it says power. You can read that much better. You can click. You can hear it click. You can hear it click. Can you reject the button here? Can you reject it here? Fair for you and your. Anyway, oh um, I'm only joking about you being an ignorant American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but going forward, um, yeah, you're, you're taking. I'll, I'll, let's listen to what you think. You're, you're the one uh, looking at the Super Nintendo section. So, what's your favorite Super Nintendo game? And let's just go for it. Let's, let's listen to what your your choice is. It's mm-hmm. so hard. I mean, obviously, my my favorite nostalgia-wise and one that I always, you know, obviously go back to are the two original Donkey Kong Country games. Um, and my pick for um, this episode was Gangplank Galleon for um, for the last stage uh, where you fight King K. Rule. And I love the progression in this song and what it kind of represents for an ending track. Everybody's bobbing their heads down. interesting use of um, so, so, so those of you who don't know so I forgot to cover it before I introduced it so Super Nintendo uh, obviously Sega went with Yamaha with the chip and Nintendo went with Sony and Ken Kutaragi was the one who designed the SPC 700 chip in this thing um, this is different in how it works it's a different beast now before we had Mega Drive with FM synthesis this thing used something called sampling and what that meant uh, in terms of the MIDI sampling system that it uses, you could play real musical instruments into the chip and it would, em- you know, it would give you an output of that sound. So I'm not saying it gives you the exactly one-to-one ratio of what that sound was, but it did a very good job of doing so. Um, it had seven voice channels, okay, seven channels on this thing. Um, so basically, what does that mean? Um, I'll say if you, uh, you press a note on a piano, um, you can pr- press about seven sounds and it will give you seven outputs, basically. That's the short of it. But you had a lot you could do you could do with the Super Nintendo. Actually, I had a, a debate with somebody um, not long ago on YouTube, even not about um, can you can you actually emulate Sega Mega Drive on Super Nintendo? And he was saying, you well, you can because you can just sample the sound of FM synthesis onto this thing. I said, no, you can't because the tones were different because you don't have the frequencies as high like we can with the Mega Drive. You're not going to emulate it properly. 
which is why Earthworm Jim doesn't sound the same on Super Nintendo. They had different tones, different instruments that they could use. So they're very different beasts. And whenever there was a port from Mega Drive to SNES, it just sounded wrong. Like Desert Strike on the Super Nintendo just sounds wrong, the theme. So, but then there's stuff like Rock and Roll Racing, which sounded better on the Super Nintendo than the Mega Drive. So there's always something that you win with one and you, something you lose with the other. Um, but in regards to Donkey Kong Country, um, that had a very prolific and memorable soundtrack for sure. Uh, David Wise and his team at Rareware did an amazing job with that game. I personally don't think much of the game myself because, you know, that's just the way I, I just think it's just a generic platformer. Yeah, graphically it was great for its time, but yeah, whatever. But in terms of the soundtrack, it had some very good memorable guitar riffs in there, which I really liked about that particular song. Um, so yeah, a very good choice from you, Matt. My favorite Super Nintendo sound is probably anything from Star Fox. It had some really funky beats in Star Trek and it had an epic sound as well. It made you feel like you were now in a space saga. So Star Wing, as it was called in Europe, or Star Fox as it's now known now, everywhere now because we've got the rights back to Star Fox. Um, I love that game. I love the soundtrack. It really made you feel truly immersed. I know it's a polygonized thing and people can't really get into that game with the graphics. It's like so primitive to a lot of young people. But I love Star Fox and I love the soundtrack. So yeah. that's that's my choice. What about yourself, Sir Joel? What's your, what's your favorite? What's your, what's your thoughts on Matt's choice and what's your favorite? Mm, let's see. I, I'll have to admit, in my case, I haven't really played all that much uh, Super NES games because when the console wars happened, I went left. I went to the Sega Genesis camp. Uh, but I have played a couple of Super NES games. And it's kind of cheating because the Super NES games that I played the most of are PC ports. So the two NES, Super NES games that I played the most of are... Well, actually, first, um, Matt's Choice, I mean, it's really, really good, amazing choice. Uh, nice rocking beats, nice um, thumping uh, background bass, I guess, shall we say, is the, is the, right, uh, the right choice that I would say for it. Uh, it's, 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 it's very... Um, it does get the blood pumping. I guess that's the right that, that's the right word for it that I would use for Matt's choice. But my choice of music for Super NES, first one is the music from Civilization. Uh, very slow uh, Super NES game, but an accurate port of Civilization, uh, the original Civilization for PC DOS game. The second game is more is a little bit more interesting musical wise because it is a period piece actually civilization is also a period piece but this one in particular is a period piece of the time of sale of the age of sale it's an old game called uncharted waters it's an it's a pc port it's a port of an old pc dos game and it went into famicom slash nes first but it went into super nes later on and it produced the music from the uh dos original accurately my particular favorite of this the music there is where he's hanging around the, the main character is hanging around the ports where you know that you're supposed to be traveling to all these different parts of the port like the inn the 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 merchant the palace where whenever you're invited into the palace and you get to speak with the duke and everything oh sorry that the king of that particular port or of that particular country but yeah 
it's a nice light rendition of how you would imagine music from the age of sail would sound like so it's a little hard to hum here in our show but it feels like how you would imagine music from the 1600s into the 1700s would sound so uh, very johann sebastian bach shall we say very very uh mozart so it's melodic it's symphonic and it's you know that you're about to fight pirates when you're when you hear that music so uh uncharted waters for the super nest is my choice for those of you who want to listen to it you can hear it on youtube you can uh, just do a search uncharted waters ost you can hear uh the, the title of the track is uh, in lisbon because you start off in the port of lisbon uh portugal uh you, you start off there and you go sail the seven seas and uh trade fight pirates it's an amazing game and an amazing soundtrack back to you Faraj. fantastic choice um i've got one more question for you yeah mm, go ahead have you, have you played uh, super mario World yet yeah i started off on it actually <laughs> i started off on it and uh that was my homework for last weekend i, I do remember that i do remember it i started off on it and it does have the a lot of the original mechanics from Super Mario Brothers 3 but i have to admit my old reflexes just can't take it i'll i'll have to i'll have to go through it slowly and very methodically except that the timer is just going to keep pushing me to try to <laughs> try to try to finish it as fast as i can but yeah it's the, the music uh, uh getting to it though the music is very good the music for Ooh. super mario world uh, uh, uh yeah was that right although i have one one question though Viraj. Is Mario really punching the back of Yoshi's head whenever he makes his tongue come out like that? So what he's got is meant to be like a, a rein around his neck, something he oh. holds on to. Okay. Guessing he pulls at it and then it's at least that's what he's doing. Because it looks like he's yeah, giving he's giving Yoshi a punch at the back of the head to make his yeah, tongue lash out. It's roll up in fist because the ground like. Poor Yoshi. I know. It's like all right. I started off on it. It's a lot of fun. I might. I might go through it. Yeah. There you go. Well, well, with me with Mario World, I used to like ride Rose Yoshi. And if I couldn't make a jump, I'd just use him as an ejection system and then let him jump. Traitor Mario. Many cases have been killed. And I'm sure there's many a main for that as well, what I've done. Many people have done that, but um, very fun. Um, but yeah, Uncharted Waters is an interesting choice. I mean, that that was a, a Koei, I think Koei published that. Koei, yes. And they also did, there was a Sega Mega Drive version as well. Yes, they, they, if they're popular for the Recreation series or the historical series, like the Romance of the Three Kingdoms series, Nobunaga's yeah. Ambition, uh, yeah. uh, Emperor, uh things like that. Yeah, very immersive games. What about you, JDM? What's your favorite Super Nintendo game and soundtrack? Um, I haven't played a lot of uh, 16-bit consoles, um, okay. so I can't uh, give any examples. But um, about uh, Matt's um, recommendation, uh, his favorite music. You know, when it when you're watching movies about the jungle, it's always that music we do, 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 do like yeah. George in the Jungle, mm-hmm. even in. Um, uh, what game is it? Crash Bandicoot, you have the like the tribe music, yep. right? Yep. It sounds like that. So mm-hmm. it's um it's very appropriate because it's Donkey Kong, so you're in the jungle. Yeah. Yeah. 
definitely. All right. No, yeah. great choice. What about you, sir? So, Joe, what's your what's your favorite snare soundtrack? You've been sitting down there nodding away. Oh, uh, before I give mine, I want to give it back to Sir Matt because I interrupted him when he was explaining why he chose Donkey Kong. Oh, go ahead, no, Matt. Go rant, rant, rant. Yeah. Um. So I just want to say, like, what David Wise did with uh, Donkey Kong music, just in general, how. If you okay, if you go and you play King K. Rule, if you play that that level and you play it, you know, play him perfectly, the music goes with that fight. So it's at first it's like the dun 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 dun, and that's when you're jumping over his um his crown and just jumping on his head. Then it kicks off whenever he gets to the other side and the cannonballs start falling, and then it gets even more intense when he falls down and the credits start rolling. But the credits are red and all the uh, all the all the people in the credits have K's in their name because they're Kremlings. And then he hops back up. So it's just like the way that the music progresses with the fight is just a testament to his skill because like, just like an aqua ambience, how you hear, when you listen to his, like his music in that game, you can picture it's putting you in that place. It sounds like a water level. It sounds like a forest, you know, like, and that's just a testament to his brilliance. And I think, as a climactic song to an epic game like that that song is just it's just perfect because nothing is really like like kind of metal until you get to that and the transition from it being like kind of pirate shippy to oh yeah this is the final boss fight and this and the guitar solo starts kicking and the music starts getting quicker because we stopped it right where it really starts picking up and going faster and um and then there's harmonic guitar riffage going on and it's just such an impressive piece of music that I used to get to that level as a kid and I would press start and I would just sit there and listen to it because it loops when you press start it just keeps playing oh. and so like I would just listen to it all the time I would bring my dad in my room be like dad listen to this listen to this tune and he'd oh, be so, like oh, it's one of those games sir Matt like if you pause the game just, the music just keeps on going yeah right. and right. so I used to do that I used to be like if I had to clean my room I would like because I'd already had the game beaten I could go to certain levels press start and the music would play and I would I would do that so like, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I saw somebody in the comment section just now, Christopher Abastardo, I think that's his name. He mentioned Castlevania Rondo of Blood. And oh. that's an amazing soundtrack on the Super Nintendo. Give the PC Engine version a go, the TurboGrafx-16 sound, well, it's the PC Engine version, it's only to Japan. That's got a, every soundtrack in that version of that game is gold. Um, and, 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 you know, another, another point I'd like to make as well is, I think Sodan made a point about Act Fraser. That's another Yuzo Koshiro soundtrack, but for Super Nintendo. And again, amazing soundtrack there. But um, thank you for those points there, uh, Matt. I really appreciate it. But yeah, but, so, so Joe, you were going to say your favorite uh, on Super Nintendo. Go on. Uh, I was going to say, in regarding with Sir Matt's choice with Donkey Kong, the first time I heard it was uh, when, uh, when AVGN did his episode about the Atari 7200 Well, he was trying to plug it in. That's the music he was playing. Yeah. I didn't even know that was Donkey Kong. So the first, so when uh, so when Sir Matt uh, suggested that song, and, and and when I was doing the edits, I'm like, hey, I know this song. I didn't know it was Donkey Kong Country, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, for the for the SNES, um, Sir Matt may know this. Krista Village. From, from uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Terranigma, yeah. So, um, only because, you know why? Because during the during the introduction of the game, you got your five towers, and that's the only town that you can go to 
yeah. to rest, right? So every time you, every time you go inside, the, uh, go, go back inside the village, just part of what happened there. It just keeps on. Uh, it's like the music. It's still, uh, it's still that very uh, melancholic village music, but yeah. that profound music. But knowing what's going on there, mm. it's like it doesn't. What's the best term I can describe without spoiling it? It, it doesn't. It doesn't suit. Well, it's the atmosphere of the village because it's very like it's very yeah. uh, it's very it's melancholic, it's but, you know, um, and you're the only one who's moving there. <laughs> well, it's the tranquility so, of the village, but it it's is the tranquility of it, yeah. But, but then you so got. I, I like their enigma. I love everything else. Evergreen, I liked in that that game. Oh, like, Evergreen! Oh, it's a yeah. Evergreen town. Evergreen and 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 Krista. I think I think if you're looking at SNES RPGs or, or those adventure games on Super Nintendo, this is something we haven't covered. And I think I think the SNES's strongest suit is the symphonic orchestrated suites that we heard from that on that system. I love I love this. I know I'm going to mention something that's going to ruffle them to Dan's feathers here. He's, he's, he's not here right now, but Chrono Trigger. I love the soundtrack for that. I mean, you're you know the the millennial. Uh, you like the soundtrack. He likes the soundtrack to it. The only the only criticism I have with the snare sound is I did sort of notice it was a bit muffled. It didn't sound as clear as Genesis or Mega Drive, and that's just the way the technology is. But those symphonic pieces, uh, but Terra Negra is my favorite, actually, if I'm going to in terms of RPG sounds that we've heard. I love it. So that's something I just wanted to make a point about. The SNES had some wonderful RPG, and I'll say that story. I love the music. Actually, Dan agrees with you with the Chrono Trigger sound. Okay, so for the record, let it let it be known to the market. Third Dan and Kerberaj said something positive about Chrono Trigger. He had a beautiful soundtrack. Finally. So what's with the Chrono Trigger's rant? I don't get it. Uh, let's just say that in an upcoming episode, we're going to be tackling that, Raymond. We're going to be talking about how... Uh, how Chrono Trigger paved the way for other JRPGs after that. Like, um, like it, 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 some people even say that it's the greatest game it's ever. The greatest RPG ever. <laughs> no, not just RPG. Not a fan of RPGs. It's the greatest, greatest game ever. Game so any, ever. But anytime that somebody just posts a question, what is the very best game that you've ever played? You know, they will always say, right. Chrono Trigger. Yeah. <laughs> always in the top 10 for some reason. Always mm. for the. So got, so something that's overrated. Let's, let's move on to something that's underrated. Mm. My, my system and my <laughs> console of choice. Um, as you can see, I'm in my, my Sega Saturn hoodie, and I'm, ah. I'm here. <laughs> we go with the now. There it is. Mine. This thing. Mine. You know? Mine. Uh, we used to call Siraj, this the... mine. I'll, I'll PM you my contact. I'm right here. Sega Ages Volume 1, but that's what the game is called. Like. Yeah, Mine. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. right. Viraj is going to be spending a lot of postage sending stuff to Raymond. Before I have a Sega Saturn, I'll send it to your OnlyFans account, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> moving forward, Sega Saturn is, is a console of choice that I've chosen, and I've chosen the well, the, the game the game for Sega Saturn in particular for that here. Knights of the Dream, okay? Nice. Um, nice. I, I mean, the Sega Saturn released in 94. Um, Otherwise it, known as Superman 64 for the Sega Saturn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we even go there. Don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> Lillian, 
wonderful game, this lovely marvel of a game. <laughs> no, no, just kidding, Bro. Just yanking your chain. Horribly. Yeah. Just yanking your chain. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So again, this is a wonderful, wonderful game that was created by my my Sonic team, and it was a prolific. Well, it's, it's, it's something different, and that's what I, I found was really interesting about it. Um, but if we, if we go back to the Saturn hardware itself, um, what I think is really fascinating about the Saturn, and if you look at that fifth generation, you have PlayStation, they, they made their own chip for their, their, their system. Um, whereas Sega, they had to still outsource, right? So they went again with Yamaha, and they had a custom chip made for it called the YMF292. Okay, and that was their, their system. What, what's so special about this chip? Well, it had 32 channels of sound. 32, all right? That's outrageous. I mean, just to give you a, a, a comparison, right? The PlayStation 1, which is what it was competing against, had 24 channels, okay? It's had 32. And you'll notice it when you when you listen and play to some of these games that were made for the Saturn in mind. And whilst the same Saturn did struggle with third-party support, which, which it did, there's no, no secret about that, the stuff that was put on it was, was, was truly amazing. Um, uh, one of the great things I love about the Saturn chip as well is it was also backwards compatible in terms of it allowed FM synth tracks to be played on it, which is something you couldn't do on PlayStation as well. Um, but anyway, I don't want to go, go too much into the sound. Um, I just want to get straight to the video and let's, let's, play, let's play the music that I've chosen. So the track in question, Four Nights in the Dream, is called Suburban Museum or uh, the Soft Museum. But um, let's play the track, let's play the track. It's, 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 it's quite a, a lovely, it's a pseudo-classical arrangement. I think that's what I'm going to call it. Um, it's a lovely jam, and that's just one of the levels. And every level has its own theme, its own sound, its own depth. Um, but the game itself is, is eclectic, energetic, and epic. And, and this soundtrack mirrors the game in itself. And it's very rare that I can say that you have a game which has a soundtrack that I would say is a 10 out of 10, because it fits every level perfectly, from the boss themes to even the cinematic CGI themes which you have in here. Everything is just done so perfectly well. And it was created by uh, composer Tomoko Sasaki, who's famous for Ristar on the Mega Drive. Another, you know, she could dabble in FM synthesis and World of Illusion on the Mega Drive. If you play that game, that's got amazing soundtrack. And this is the third proper soundtrack that she did. It's an amazing piece of work and I, I really, truly love it. Um, this is my favorite track in the game because there's something really warm and happy about it. But there are some games which have some really dark rock themes as well. And what I love about this, obviously you can see it's a world apart from what we've just listened to in terms of the technological jump from 16-bit and the 8-bit technology to having music that has real instruments. 
I know it sounded a bit buffered. That's a good YouTube compression when it, we played it when we got to slide. But it truly sounds wonderful if you've got really good cones and, and you do get that depth of sound where you can hear every nuance of every instrument. You get up-tempo beats, low-tempo beats. You get a nice bass throughout the game. It's just perfect. So I, I absolutely love Nights into Dreams. My, my, my favorite soundtrack for any video game, to be honest. And I, I wanted to represent it on the Saturn. Obviously, Saturn represents it. It's quite an un unknown system. Hopefully, we'll be able to cover the Saturn later on in the further podcast. But um, that's my favorite game on the system uh, in terms of the sound. Um, what are your thoughts, guys? What do you think, Sir Joe? I mean, sitting there with your, your eyebrow cock. What are you thinking? Me? Yeah, you. Ah. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, because the way Sir Viraj mentions our names are Joe. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> if I don't hear that, if I don't hear the L. <laughs> yeah, that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, I haven't really played much of Sega Saturn games, and the only Saturn game that I played was Magic Knight Ray Earth. However, oh, yeah. that being said, um, when Sir Viraj suggested. Um, uh, nights into dreams uh, this particular track here I, I i did enjoy it like for the first uh, for the first five notes of it i'm like oh um so it, it already picked my uh, my ear so and it sounds like um it kind of it kind of makes you feel like you're peter pan flying it it it, it kind of it, it it has that kind of sound that you're uh, like you're jove uh, you're jovi jovially uh, flying through the clouds it's something that you'll hear when when someone's when you yourself flying through the uh, through the sky it's, it, it, uh, it, it kind of brings that feeling to me um and one of the things that I, one of the things that i i'm not sure if it's a it's a it's a it's a uh, an official complaint or a, or a formal complaint about and sir dan or sir verge can probably correct me on this is that i i think saturn uh, the sat in compare in comparison with the, play, the with the PlayStation One, the Saturn wagered more on the sound rather than the videos because Saturn has a little bit more has difficulty processing FMVs in comparison with uh, with the PlayStation One. Well, I will in, say terms of, in terms of sound, uh, Saturn definitely it has that it has that Sega oh. signature sound to it. Well, with with the Saturn board itself, it, as we all know, it's a very I don't want to get too bogged down in technical specs when we talk about music, but it does have two it does have two dedicated graphics graphics chips in there, whereas the PlayStation had one. And because the, the way the board was designed on the PlayStation, it was easier to program using modern programming languages. Whereas with the Saturn, you had to know more than just C because of the architecture of the system. One of the biggest misconceptions about the Saturn is the graphics were inferior to that of PlayStation One. In fact. And, and, and another misconception is, well, it had two graphics cards. So one was for 2D, one was for 3D. They put the 3D one as the last thing to compete against PlayStation. That's a lie. The PlayStation, the, the, the chip they put on the, the Saturn was 3D capable, but the second chip allowed those graphics to be rendered better to compete with Sony. In fact, uh, you have actually got much more sharper images and clarity around certain 3D rendered like, sprites on a Saturn game that's programmed properly. The problem is, there just aren't enough examples of that to show to compete against the PlayStation. That's the thing. It, the PlayStation just had a lot more in terms of 3D programming making games for it. So people thought, well, some of the early Saturn games like Virtua Fighter looked a bit rough. But as, as people oh, learned how yeah. yeah, as, as to program in 3D, some of the later Saturn games, such as Ray, Sega Rally, Daytona USA, could actually go toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of these PlayStation games. And the problem was is the Saturn uh, you know, it had an early death, sadly, 1997, 98. For us in the West, anyway, it was very successful in Japan. But when you look at later on, 
okay? PlayStation games did look really good towards the end of its life cycle because they'd learned how to yeah. program 3D and they learned how to use that hardware at maximum level. If they had done the same with this poor little baby, I think you might have had some competition, but I think at that point, nobody cared. And Never so gave it a chance, sadly. We were burning loads of cash in R&D developing a Dreamcast, and that's really what killed Sega. It was the mon money they spent on, on that. But I don't, want to, I don't want to talk too much about it. This is a sound we'll talk track. more about that when we do the Sega I might, Saturn episode, guys. I might, I might end up getting tears in my eye. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but look, the, the Saturn, look, the Saturn, as we've mentioned earlier, had superior sound. You hear that, Ray? Superior sound. Um, but going, going forward, <laughs> going forward, um, <laughs> Let's, what about you, Matt? I'm not going to leave you to last. What about you, Matt? What's your favorite Saturn soundtrack or what's your excuse? What's your, what's your reason uh, for what you have to say? Go on. Yeah. Um, un unfortunately, I never had a Sega Saturn growing up, so I never got to play any Sega Saturn games. Now, I know there's emulators out there, but I've never I've never really been able to uh, to play any of the games. So I, I need to get around to doing that. But I will say this, and someone said this in the comments, Christopher... Uh, a best auto I said that uh, some uh, Klonoa vibes with this song and I would 100% agree with that now PlayStation was a big system for me Klonoa was a really big game for me and I definitely picked up those vibes with this music so I did like the music a lot um, but I'm, I'm definitely looking for some recommendations for uh, second Saturn you know second Saturn games to get into because I, I I never had one it was just kind of like a yeah. a taboo system over here for us it really seemed like it was like we'll, we'll, cover, we'll cover all those reasons when we do a saturn episode as to what went wrong and um, what sega did and all the things yeah. that happened but, let's um, have you there sir matt but but we, we will indoctrinate you with the saturn <laughs> yeah <laughs> what, I will say, what i will say is that there's there's a whole host of games that myself and even sir dan who's, who's just left a comment in the comment section and you mentioned burning rangers had a, had a kick-ass sound like. Um, I like I like Daytona USA soundtrack as well, but there's there's loads of loads of great soundtracks for Sega Saturn. But um, all right, it's a very interesting point you, you had to say. I mean, does, did anyone here in this panel actually have a Saturn apart from me and Sir, Sir Joe? <laughs> actually, I have one before. I have one before. <laughs> you say about the sound, what you think about? What, give like, all I will say because it's pointless to be going through panels. What's your favorite sound of Saturn if you've not played it? Um, what I will say is. Give it a go. Hopefully, Sega, if you're listening, you're not even watching. Make a mini of this. We want a Saturn Mini. I know you I have, have. It came from the Dreamcast Mini. Sega. We want one. You can want one. The world needs to experience the Saturn. Give it another try because it's such a, a beautiful system you guys made. It had so many hidden gems, and it's so hard to emulate as well. It's, it's a difficult thing to emulate. That's true. Yep. It may it, again. Away, but it's hard to emulate. Make a Saturn Mini. Let people have a chance at a budget system that, where they could play this console. It, it makes sense. Everybody, people want a Saturn Mini. Yes, I know you're waiting to, for the chipsets to go down. I'd pay two hundred dollars for one, but I know not everyone here will. Maybe they're looking at around the hundred dollars sweet spot for mini systems. Little <laughs> <laughs> Joel will buy me one. What? Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Funny, I know your purpose on this Thank podcast. The comic relief. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Actually, Viraj, I really want a Sega Saturn Mini oh. and a Dreamcast Mini. Oh, okay. Yeah. I miss I miss my Dreamcast. Dreamcast my favorites. I'll, I'll be so happy if they they did make one. I think they they are looking to make one. They're going to produce a Dreamcast. Sega, take our money. Yeah. Yes. Right. Come on. Let's let's move on because I don't want to draw, draw too much on the sand since nobody's played it. Um, but thank you very much. <laughs> but yes, by means, give it a go. Play some Saturn games. Give them a go. You might find something that you'll like. But it, again, it is for those people who love arcade games. 
and arcade ports were one-to-one -one on the set. It was an amazing system for arcade ports. Even SNK had some great ports on this. Hey, Fighting Vipers is good on Sega Saturn. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you yeah. know something? Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, Fighting Vipers is good. You hear that? <laughs> you want well, to see Shining Force 3? Actually, Viraj, my Garden first um, CD console is Sega Saturn. It's from Japan. Mm. And so uh, I want, I'm playing actually uh, the first fighting game that I played on the Sega Saturn is um, Vampire Hunters or Vampire Saber. And hey. then uh, Fighting Vipers, Sega mm. Mega Mix. Yeah, that's the fighting games that I usually play on wow. uh, Sega Saturn. So, yeah, oh, for those of you who oh, aren't um, familiar, Raymond is one of our resident fighting game experts, actually. Oh, I'm impressed, Raymond. I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, something controversial. Castlevania Symphony of the Night is much better on the Saturn than the PlayStation 1. Because it's yeah, longer. Yeah. Hang about, hang about, hang about. I'll, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate here. Yes, <laughs> extended, yeah, it's extended. It's a longer game, it's a bigger game. And those quadrilateral pixels that these, it's a two and a half D game, shall we say. They look a lot nicer and interesting on a Saturn. But what I will say is it does have longer loading times between screens. And the Saturn version has been known, and I haven't experienced it myself, so I can't say that hasn't been known to be as smooth as an experience playing as the PlayStation version. But um, I'm yet to sort of play it, so I can't really judge it. But I mean, what you're trying to say is longer is better, right? It's more of a game, so it has to be better. Of and course, longer is better. <laughs> I think you can play in Korea in the, in the Saturn version. I could be wrong there. Bigger and longer is better. Yeah, okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> oh, uh, for, you, for you JRPG enthusiasts out there, uh, the uh, the lunar silver uh, Sil silver star story for the Sega Saturn is much better than the PlayStation One. Okay, More yeah. tits and ass. Okay. <laughs> if you can find it. Um, and say that Mortal Kombat trilogy is better on 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 um, uh, Saturn as well. A lot of the fighting really? games, the fighting games are better on the Saturn. So I just want to put that out there. But let's let's move on to the next system. Let's just talk about this is Raymond one. His there you go. It's that, it's time for Sir Raymond. <laughs> PlayStation. Oh! Finally, got, a console that I own. You got PS1. Daniel uh, has the original nice. PlayStation with him. Fantastic. So we're talking about PlayStation here. Now, this thing, as I mentioned earlier, had its own custom chip designed by Sony, and Sony actually pretty much developed most of its own things for their system. And we all know why that was, because that's the way the history is. Oh, we've got, all right, everyone wants to show their PlayStation 1. <laughs> actually, Raj, let me just interject for a moment. The reason this, that's, that's the case is because in the Philippines, during the time, everything just converged into one place in the Philippines called Green Hills. And everybody would go trek over to this one giant mall in Green Hills, and they would rent slots there where they would have a choice of either a playstation one a super nes and off in the dark corner somewhere was the sega saturn i mean there was one sega saturn and i got to play it once that whole time no, sad to say, during that it, era man. it kind of got lost in the shuffle because sad to say there were many choices at that time it was a convergence of a lot of different technologies and people were just confused as to which one they should get because funds were limited yeah that was the cheapest option option. and you know what for what it did compared mm. to the everyone went for it so yeah 24 channels of sound but who cared it was so much better than super nintendo and what it could do and it predominantly i remember reading this that the sega of uh, america president would only ever release 3D games on this. He would not allow 2D games to be released in America until later on they, they changed that decision. Because in Europe, we got a lot of the earlier 2D games. Mm. But um, 
Anyway, PlayStation. So uh, let's have a listen to what, what Raymond has to say about his choice. Of yes, Raymond. Raymond, it's your time to shine. Okay, so for Sir Raymond's choice, it was uh, Melodies of Life for Final Fantasy IX. And I'm mm-hmm. only saying this because we, oh. I was having difficulty uh, getting it edited to the point that YouTube or Facebook will not flag us for copyright. So mm. as a compromise, I found um, a decent cover of it. So hopefully you might enjoy, and hopefully you'll able you'll able to recognize just the um, the first sixty seconds of the song from coming from Survey. Let's hear it. And if we don't come back, you know why. Bye bye. <laughs> Finish the song. Finish the song. The song has has it reached your heart. I can see that. It's got a very emotional song. Mm. Nice Actually, song. I'm not a fan of RPGs, but the soundtrack of Final Fantasies Nine and Eight was yeah. very heartwarming for me. So I decided Memories of Life will be my choice of a soundtrack. So. So who's the um, so the song was um, was um, created by Emiko Shiratori and actually the the song was actually um, wrote in an English English um, English translation but with the recent um, Final Fantasy roundup they actually did the Japanese version of it so. It's not that quite. Um, uh, it's kind of odd that it's actually an English version rather than that Japanese version. So uh, that, that's it. Then in that game, uh, the Final Fantasy IX game, they they actually remix it it like 22 times for the actual soundtracks and the instruments of the melodies of life. So that's kind of uh, nice for the uh, the game itself. Very beautiful. It's very beautiful that that, that sound actually, and uh, it's a very interesting choice. I mean, with, with PlayStation, and, and this is something I, I seem to forget every now and then. You do have a lot of um, you know people who actually sung with soundtracks. It's actually <coughs> lyrical, you know, and that's how, how gaming had evolved. It's become real music, and um, it's not to say that that wasn't something that I, I, I heard on Sega CD. It's, it's happened before, but the PlayStation was the system that people listened to sound and audio, real music with. Or, you know, and it was this. They they did push the CD. Medium and CD allowed you to have that memory 
it could it could yeah. hold that. You didn't have to compress it too much either as well. You could get that. And actually, the Raj, um, the marketing point of the games on the PS One is actually the soundtrack. That's correct. Yeah. So every time a good soundtrack was um, uh, a good game, like RPG games like Final Fantasy, you got yeah. uh, Crash Bandicoot, you got actually like it's like uh, uh, Tekken 2, it's actually a good uh, it has a good soundtrack on it. Um, the market of the games on PS1 was actually the soundtrack. So if yeah. you don't have a good soundtrack or you, you don't have a good um game sounds your games are kind of messed up that's right because they, they they did raise the bar in that era mm-hmm. i mean that fifth sorry that fifth generation the bars the stakes were high and there was more of a budget for actual real composers real music to be made i think there was a lyrical soundtrack to sonic r even on my sega saturn where there was a woman who's singing uh a, you know a 90s pop song um to, to every single track you know um so yeah, I totally agree with you on that, Raymond. Sound became much more prolific and important with video games in that fifth generation because it was real sound. And the skill to develop that sort of music was greater. You had sound teams that were more than just one or two people. Um, so it was very important. And um, yeah, Final Fantasy with Squaresoft. I mean, if anyone, want, if anyone wants to know the truth, really, say sound did well in Japan up until 1997, but when Final Fantasy VII came out, this is where they struggled, you know, and it started mm. to lose a lot of traction after Final Fantasy VII in '97 in Japan. Um, but yes, it, it's, it's Square are known to be makers of very beautiful music for their RPGs. That's what I will say for them. They make very beautiful music and, and prolific soundtracks. So a very, very good choice there, Raymond. Um, my favorite RP, oh, sorry, my favorite soundtrack on PlayStation. Goodness me, there were so many. Um, I mean, for me, the ones that that it's. It's more of an atmospheric soundtrack, I have to say. It's it's from a game called Spyro the Dragon, all right? And you're thinking, what? But there's this the third world called the Magic Grafters world. It's just that that level. It's just got some nice, it's just got a nice jingle to it, which I really like. So for me, that's, that's my favorite soundtrack that, that, that comes to mind. The only reason I'm saying that is because I completed the uh, first game in the Reignited trilogy recently on my Switch, and it reminds the soundtrack is obviously identical. They haven't done anything to it; it doesn't need anything done to it. In fact, they'll redo the graphics of the game, but the soundtrack they can just leave well alone. And that's a really interesting thing with these remasters that they do. So, yes, that's that's for me. Fire the Dragon, Magic Craft as well. That's my favourite um, uh, soundtrack for PlayStation. But there, there are so many. There's so many. Uh, what about you, Mr. Bustle? Um, what's your favourite soundtrack for PlayStation? Uh, that's that's so tough. Because there are so many. I, <laughs> dude, I love like I love everything about Chrono Cross, Legend Dragoon. Um, oh, okay. Those those games are. I wasn't really big into RPGs, but those games are really you know I think really had profound sounding music. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Final Fantasy uh, and um, Clonoa was a big one. Resident Evil was one that really stuck with me because it was different. Yeah. And Resident Evil played a lot with silence. And when music did come in, it would be very immersive and. Yes. And so I feel like probably Resident Evil between Resident Evil, probably Resident Evil One, I feel like had some really cool passages because that's when we get to like the, we're introduced to like the save music. Like the first time I heard that, I was like, man, that's really beautiful sounding, but it's also kind of haunting sounding at the same time. So yes. it, it, it doesn't that's take you out of the game. Yeah. It like it kind of makes you feel safe, but at the same time, there's still something Very. out there for you. Outside, yeah, you know, ominous soundtrack for sure. Uh, Resident yeah. Evil. That- Matt, how about the outro of Resident Evil 3? Uh, I, I, I don't recall. 
I'd have to hear it again. It's been so long since I've played through oh, it. You can probably play it, Saray, if you want. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, uh, unless, of course, Capcom will flag us. Yeah, Capcom is the one you got to worry about for sure. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, but Alundra, Alundra was another one too. Alundra, Alundra, Alundra. yeah, that's Alundra. a good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. Alundra one and two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What What about you, Sir Joe? What's your favorite sound on PlayStation? Me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when I uh, when Survey said he's he's doing PlayStation One, I was happy and sad at the same time. <laughs> I was happy because I'm not going to choose anything for the PlayStation One. Right. right. But uh, a lot. But uh, sad, sad at the same time because I'm not going to be able to uh, to present mine one uh, my, my favorite. So for the PlayStation One, out of everything, I would say Sino Gears, Far Away this uh, Far Away oh Far, uh, Far Away Promise, which was composed by um, which was composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. Oh, uh, surprise, surprise! It's not a Nobu, Nobuo Uematsu. At first, I thought it was him, but no, it was a uh, it was a uh, Yasunori Mitsuda, another resident composer for uh, for Square at the time. And what, well. one of the main reasons why I like this track because it's ve- uh, especially the music box version. The the first time I heard of it, uh, on it, uh, it, it was the music box uh, version of it in the game uh, during the during the in, during the introduction of the game when Faye uh, when Faye meet up with Doctor Sita and. It, 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 it's just it's just it's slow like a very uh, like it's a very lullaby like music if you if you guys want to uh if you, you guys want to check it right now it's it's kind of nice uh far away pro, uh far away promise far away promise distant promise uh, pretty much the same thing uh when uh when when being translated so um i used that as a lullaby when i was uh when i was holding my first nephew i used that as a lullaby when i had my first niece and I used that as a lullaby when I had my uh, when I had my daughter. Always put them to sleep. Mm. And I like it too. And there are a lot of covers of uh, of this song. And every time I every time I I visit those videos, it it, it just hits me. Still, very special. Uh, how about Sir Joel? Well, apparently Jake Belmont in the chats agrees with you, uh, Joy. He says this is the best answer. That's yeah, that's a that's a high compliment. And yeah, what can I say? It, it it's it's a good choice. Me personally, though, I tend to go for more the the eclectic kind of music, as it's going to be evidenced by my choice later on. But for the PlayStation One, I particularly like the music from <clears throat> a game called Incredible Crisis. I'm not sure if anybody's familiar with it. It's an Incredible Crisis is a collection of quick time events that that control one particular family in in the game. I, I completely forgot their name, but it's it's a day in the life of a Japanese family filled with absolutely nothing but craziness. And all, all the gameplay is comprised of nothing but quick time events that you have to you have to avoid a gigantic monument that comes rolling down at you a la Indiana Jones and um, things like where you get tossed into a uh, uh, an ambulance and your your gurney is thrown onto onto the street and you have to avoid cars that are about to hit you so the nice thing about Incredible Crisis's um, soundtrack as you can hear is it's very big band very brass 
style 1940s 1950s kind of music and a little bit of ska thrown in it it has that syn- uh, syncopatic i guess that's I, uh, what's the right term for that matt where it's uh, syncopated, syncopation syncopated, yeah, yeah. Syncopation, it's like it's where, like big show yeah big but go ahead i'm sorry go ahead exactly no 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 you're you're describing it perfectly it goes against this the beat the way that the music goes it's big band ska combination it's it's very eclectic it's very busy very esoteric very unusual for a jap uh, for for the sound of based on the life of a japanese family so it's like the funniest thing is that it goes perfectly well with the action on screen anyway. like 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 Chris uh, Christopher Abisado and Jake Delmont said in the chat it's all about setting the atmosphere and hyping up the visuals of the game so that's my choice of the music that I like for the PlayStation one there's tons I could easily mm-hmm. steal JDM's uh, choice. I'm absolutely sure I know what JDM's choice is in terms of music for the PS1, but I'm not going to. I'm going to allow him to showcase uh, the PlayStation 1 music for him. But my personal choice, Incredible Crisis for the PlayStation 1. Give it a go. Give it a listen. You guys are going to enjoy it. Big band, brass, ska combination. All right. Fantastic. So, what was your one? Well, I don't know what it is, but I'm, go on. Go I've never go. even heard that game, and I just buy the music. I have to play it. Yeah, so, you yeah. should, man. It's <laughs> a lot of fun. It's tons of fun. Yeah. So, so for, me, uh, for the PS One, it's going to be some RPG games. Oh, um, RPG again? Yeah. Oh, surprise! It's all about the RPG. <laughs> I was gonna say JDM. Yeah, you get you have great music with Metal Gear Solid, but mm-hmm. I'll go for the RPG games, especially the one that uh, I one of the RPG our earliest uh, PS1 RPG games that I played. Um, Beyond the Beyond. Oh. It, it has an awesome soundtrack. Almost, um, if I'm somewhere, if I'm studying or I'm doing something, I can still recall the music uh, in my mind. Uh, which track are you doing? Um, there's a lot of tracks actually, but it's going to be the Overworld theme. Overworld. Add. Yeah, it's composed by Motoi Sakuraba, one of the prolific um, yeah Camelot software. It's one um, Motoi Sakuraba is a prolific composer. Um, if you have um, uh, Nobu Uematsu for uh, Final Square. Fantasy, yeah, you have the lesser known Motoi Sakuraba. He's a uh, genius as well, but it's not really well known. He did uh, music for the Shiny Four series, so oh, really? those are also Camelot software games. Yeah. I think he did Golden Sun on the Advance as well. Yeah, he did. He did the yeah. Golden Sun as well. Yeah. Well, I know his work. So, yeah. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, I love Golden Sun. The soundtrack to Golden Sun is amazing. So, yes, yeah. yeah. and. It really sounds good because it has CD quality, and you know why? Because it was made by Sony. Um, CD, Sony. <laughs> uh, CD-ROM. Uh, you got what do you call this? The red, um, red book CD. Yes. Book 
this is the yeah it's CD quality so what more could you ask for there are even audiophiles who uh, buy the SCPH uh, 10101 just for the lens because they said that it's the um, highest uh, quality of lens that the PlayStation right. had so most audiophiles are like it's like their holy grail I even saw like sound system that they made custom sound system made of uh, the PS1 lens the original lens from the CP, uh, CP, C, uh, SCPH 11001 okay very interesting point you raised there although that does oh, kind of make less regarding with uh, in regarding with with Matoy Sakuraba he also did the Tales series and the Star Ocean series there are yeah, there are yeah, one Star Ocean yeah. a lot of pies a lot of things a lot of pies that man um, and, very interesting points you raised there JDM very interesting points you raised there JDM I mean just to go on that point about the laser the the optical laser on it and how it's better on that particular PlayStation it's really interesting because there is good this is, this is a heads up for some people they are going to launch a PlayStation 5 slimline towards the end of the year i can see it happening but let's be honest the best version of a console is the one they bring out on release because they put the premium components on that everything else is cheaper so you know how just going back to the mega drive the first model mega drive is the best one for sound not model 2 model 1 because it has stereo sound and that chip was fully utilized in my opinion Uh, there's more bass on the Mega Drive Model 2, but it wasn't as clear as the Model 1. And and the same can be said for I think lot of systems, you know, when they create cheaper versions of it, I think the Model 1 will always be the best one in terms of the way it was designed. When they start cutting corners and making cheaper versions, of it, there's something that you lose with it. That's my opinion. And you kind of confirmed that with the different versions of the PS1s that came out. You know, you had a better sound reading lens on the first PS1. So very interesting point raised there. I'll do you one better. The SCPH 10000. Oh, oh, it's the Japan original, <laughs> original prototype. Prototype. Wow. Mm. That's really All right. Cool. The less is over the top. <laughs> yeah. Taking, taking I think one. I have one. <laughs> 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 And starts digging around in his collection. <laughs> Shall we move on to the PlayStation 2 now? I think that's oh, um, yeah. a little a little comment here, and I kind of agree with him. Actually, not so much agree as it is. I have to note that his his comment is is very is very is very telling. Uh, maybe the best music is from Pepsi Man. There you go. I kind of oh. agree with him <laughs> on that one. Man. <laughs> man. One. Hey. Juan, I miss your streams of playing that game. They were just oh, there the you go. <laughs> I love yeah. playing that game. For the, the, for the, first, were... the first game that I rage quit on the stream. <laughs> <laughs> and that, oh. the point of JDM, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher <laughs> Abestado <laughs> mentioned here, uh, from Thousand <laughs> Arms, two of us, yes, that would be my... Uh, two of us is one of... Uh, if I got Faraway Promised, uh, two of us will be my number two. I love that one. So I just put that on a Game Shark. Go to the CD player, listen to that track. Awesome. I, I just want to say, have a happy. Yeah. I just want to say it's really wonderful that there are people commenting and having a nice discussion in the chat section. I, I'm not ignoring. I actually read it all. There's so much discussion going on in regards to your favorite tracks. So uh, thanks for joining us on the stream. Um, so yeah, wonderful comments here we've got here. But um, <laughs> moving forward, let's, let's, let's get to the PS PS2. Let's get to the nice early birthdays. Oh, the, the there you go. Yeah, I would like to say hi to Siebert Chilagan on the chat. Oh, there you go. <laughs> He says, "I don't need Final Fantasy VIII." Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, Fei Wong. Classic track. 
All right. Going forward, though, uh, Viraj did say that the next uh, uh, the, the next item to be featured is the PlayStation 2. So just yeah, showing yeah. the PlayStation slim 2. Line. I the the I have the the slim one, but originally the the fat PlayStation 2 fat never opened machine. out of the box. Still on the box, never been opened. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it's still got that seal there. So oh <laughs> my god, it has Joel. You should How much? it. I, mean, I don't even unboxing. Yeah, it's one of the, once to... once I build my my game room, my 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 man cave. I'm going to put that as one of the things that are in the display case and glass, much like Viraj's collection. Um, <laughs> yeah, Viraj has has an amazing museum. If you guys want, oh you should check out his videos. He's got an amazing home museum. Yeah, he he charges for tours actually. So. <laughs> yes. In your background, what's that? Arcade up? Uh, which one? The these ones? No, these are just mini arcades actually, like Pac-Man, Galaxia, things like that. So yeah, those little my arcade ones. I got into a little phase way back when where these little mini arcades got released, you know, like you know Pac-Man, uh, Kung Fu. Uh, I, I forgot uh, what other what other ones there are. Burger Time, and. Um, Dig Dug, actually, JDM's JDM's particular choice, Dig Dug, uh, is in there too. Ito, Mini Joel, your room is so makalat. Give me I those. know it is. Yeah. Give me <laughs> Give me I, I, Hamo, I'll, I'll put you in my will, Raymond. I'll put you in my will. I'll make sure. <laughs> I'll make sure that you're in my <laughs> will. Well, if I if I ever come to the Philippines, I've got to go to Raymond's house. Now. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, okay. Joe is okay. showing his, yeah, his PS2 right there. Yeah, let's, let's bring it up. Here you go. The oh, network adapter version. Nice. Very oh. cool. I like the first the scene because you could you could actually mod it by putting mm. a set of hard drive in there. Add a hard drive place as well, mm. and you can put like half the library just in that hard drive. My friend was doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. but anyway uh, what's your choice of game um, all right well my choice of game for the PlayStation 2 it's something that I, I, surprisingly I'm I'm kind of thinking not too many people are familiar with but now that it's being re-released into subsequent consoles it's been re-released on PlayStation 4 I think it's being released on the um, the PlayStation 5 as well PS Vita the switch most prominently is a game called Katamari Damacy uh, for those of you who are not familiar, Katamari Damacy is a basic game. Uh, is one of the most the basic premise of the game is that you are the prince of the cosmos, and it's your job to clean up the mess that your father left because he went on a drunken rage one time and destroyed so many planets. And your job is to start rolling up all the dust particles into a ball and try to make planets out of all of them and throw them up into the sky to make to rebuild the the planets that your that that your dad destroyed mm-hmm. now it's weird it's absolutely weird it's one of those premises that you make make you go make you go wtf and it's it's this song it, when you start the game it feels like you just took a shot of of, of of ganja or whatever because it makes you you just think am I did I just did I just you know go fall asleep and go into a dream because the idea of the game is so out there and it's so it's so weird that you just question reality when you're playing it but it's a ton of fun and the music here 
every single track is very catchy. Sound engineers, sound sound engineers have actually downloaded the music and listened to it and have complimented it in how eclectic, how how varied, how how musically accomplished the soundtrack is. And the, the, I can recommend a lot of songs in the soundtrack, particularly uh, "Lonely Rolling Star," "Katamari Mambo," "Gin and Tonic." Each one is unique in that "Gin and Tonic" sounds like something from the 1930s, 1940s uh, music, where it's like 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 the the, the Roaring Twenties. Uh, um, um, "Lonely Rolling Star" is a nice little. Not so much ballad as it is like relaxed listening to it kind of tune. But my personal favorite is the intro song called "Katamari on the Rocks." If if we can play a little bit of music, a, a little bit of the sound of it, jo, let's have a listen to it, and you guys can listen to it a little bit. <laughs> The bongo sound a little bit. Vocalization. The break beat. Yep. Pepsi Man. All right, we'll we'll stop it at that at that point. Okay. No. <laughs> All right, fine, fine, fine. We we don't want to be copyrighted because surprisingly the soundtrack is much more more recognizable than the game itself. It's it's a combination of J-pop, lots of different lots of different genres. I'm not as I'm not as familiar with. Hardware. I'll leave. I'll leave the hardware description to Barrage for that one. The number of voices, the number of channels, and everything. I'm a music appreciator. I'm not very adept at identifying the hardware of music, but I know what I like. And the music to Katamari Damacy is so varied. It's so creative. It's so fantastical that sometimes I don't even. I, I finished the game long ago. But sometimes I put it on when I'm feeling down and blue. I play it. It's the kind of music that just uplifts your spirit and makes you recall how joyful you felt when playing the game and how joyful you should be in going through life in particular. Because it is ah, what's the right word for it? It's energetic at times. It it has its ebbs and flows. It thematically, it is an amazing album. If you get the chance to actually buy the album and download it and listen to it. It's so varied that it's like a journey through different musical styles, and it's it's so different in terms of when you stop and when you stop and listen to it. It doesn't just make the game more exciting; it's essential to the game because every single time that you play the game and you hear that song, it feels incomplete without that soundtrack. The game itself, by itself, is fun. You're rolling balls. You're making the ball bigger and bigger until eventually, from a speck of dust, you can capture Godzilla while he's wandering around. You know, you see Godzilla, he wanders around. You roll him into the ball, and Godzilla emits this little shriek, like, "What the hell is happening? Why am I here?" But, but yeah, it, it's without the music to that to this game, Katamari Damacy, it's incomplete. And highly recommend that if you get to play it, you get to play it with sound full blast and music playing. And you know, it'll 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 evoke 
many different feelings in you. Sound engineers have called it one of the most most perfect video game soundtracks of all time, and I tend to agree with them. I mean, it's it's almost it, it reminds me of you know Nights into Dreams to that extent, yes. mm-hmm. the eccentric way it plays the game and how it, it sound each each level has its own sound. So I'm sure it's just as wonderful and uh, enjoyable to listen to in terms of the yeah. varied aspects of it. Mm. Um, I just want to talk very quickly about, because you, you mentioned a point about the hardware of the PlayStation. Now, this is where things get really, really powerful in terms of sound. This is where, where it's set the baseline for sound. And with the PlayStation 2, we're entering the sixth generation of consoles now. And that sixth generation was epic in terms of, I'm not just talking about PlayStation, I'm talking about Dreamcast, Xbox, and, and GameCube, in terms of what they could do with the sound. Now, the PlayStation 2 had 48 channels of sound, all right? So we're moving up to the next level. Um, you had lots you could do with it in terms of pitch modulation, looping, reverb. You even allowed MIDI instruments used into it. So when I, when I say it supported MIDI, it means you can actually put a musical instrument in that chip and it will give you one-to-one what that musical instrument was. So now we're at the point where we've got real music being played for a real console. And that's it, the benchmark going forward. Um, another point I want to rate, rate, raise is very interesting. PS2 was also a DVD player, so it was also mm. capable of 5.1 Dolby Digital surround sounds. So we could have surround sound. For, for most people, it was their very first DVD player. Mm. Yes. So there you go. So and it was the cheapest DVD player on the market at some point. It actually pushed the DVD format PlayStation 2. So there's a lot we could talk about in terms of the media aspects and capability of the system. But that also ties in with the audio of the system. When you 5.1 surround sound, you're playing a game. You're truly immersed into this game. And you can also hear, I mean, it's nice to, I mean, this is one game that you, you particularly like. There, I'm sure the Final Fantasy game had some lovely orchestrated symphonies on, on Final Fantasy X, for sure, for sure. And that had some lovely music in there. Um, but yeah, your choice is, again, a very eclectic choice. Just very similar to what I, I chose. In terms of nice uh, let me just uh, point out Siebert's, uh, Siebert's comment in the chats because it is yeah. my second choice in terms of music soundtrack. <laughs> I, because I, I can't really mention it because we're going to get copyright struck hard. Yeah, no. yeah. GTA Vice City is one of those games I played just to listen to the radio station. Wave 103 yep. and other stations. Very innovation at the time. Yes. There's nothing quite like driving down the avenue of Vice City with the sunset in your background and playing Broken Wings by Miss Mr. Mister in the background. That is an experience. Broken wings. Yeah, exactly. That, that, That's that, that in fact, I think that was awesome because Vice City came out in the 2000s, right? And it introduced mm. a lot of young people to 1980s popular music. Oh yeah. So it's funny how you could you could you could even do that. And it transcends that time. You can also go retro with, with new games. It's really funny how it just finds its way. Yes. You know, uh, producers will be thinking. How the heck did we get those um, like numbers <laughs> in 2000? <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, a lot of kids nowadays, you know, will know these tracks because of GTA Vice City. They'll say, mm-hmm. "I know that song. That's from the 80s. That's from GTA Vice City." Mm. Amazing, yeah. amazing choice. Well, amazing, major mention as well from Seabird, and, and an interesting mm-hmm. choice from you. Because in terms of PlayStation 2 soundtracks, what's my favorite? It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard, like there's so many great, great, great things that you've got real music. I'll probably have to just jump on the bandwagon and say Vice City, and that's because I like 80s music. You know, I'll probably oh, just yeah. have to say. But um, um, uh, someone's going to play, you're going to play X2, Final Fantasy X2 Remaster. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. What song there you want to play? Now let's play this song then, go on. 1,000 words. Oh. Oh. It's a pretty impressive looking cutscene too. Yeah. 
I remember putting this game when I worked in the game shop on demo, and it was actually That's really you, no? Let's let's talk over this song because we don't want to be flagged by Square. Well, we have a challenge here from Dan Faulkner, one of our co-panelists here who sadly could not join us. He says, can we get a quick fire round robin of everyone's favorite Vice City song? Mine is Flock of Seagulls, I Rat. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mine as well. That's really? Mine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say mine too. <laughs> well, we might go grab my Flock of Seagulls, I Rat. Yeah, I'm like on the spot. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Then that's, again, mine would be Broken Wings, Mr. Mr. Because, I mean, nothing beats that driving down the avenue. Okay. <laughs> Sunglasses at night. Sunglasses <laughs> at night. Nice. Cor- Corey Hart. Is that right? Corey yeah. Hart. Yeah, Corey oh, Hart. Sunglasses at night. There you go. Oh my gosh. How about Raymond? Uh, do you have any particular favorite songs from GTA Vice City? I haven't played GTA. Really? Oh yeah. my Vice goodness. City? Okay. I'm not uh, I'm not a fan of uh, no, role-playing games like that. Mm, okay. Uh, you like violence. You don't like violence. I mean, you look like a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not my, it's not my job. I know. Um, when PS2 arrived, on, mm-hmm. I, I'm more focused on, on hack and slash games and actually fighting Got games. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. so GTA was least on my know, um, mm-hmm. game library. That ah, okay, okay. Uh, Did even Matt- right now, I, I, even though I have my PS2, PS3, PS4, and actually PS5, I did, I, ha- I haven't uh, played any GTA games. Ah, okay. Well, understandable. Uh, yeah. Did Matt toss in his choice though yet? Yeah, I was just, I was just good. It's been a while since I've played it, so I mean, you said "Block of Seagulls," it made me think. Yeah, I, I mm. do like that song, so mm-hmm. I'll just go with "Block of Seagulls." Yeah, and it's a role model. Well, wait, wait, wait. Um, yeah. I just, uh, I, I just want to answer that. I'm not. <laughs> it's it's You're just Batman. that I don't uh, it's not my um game forte. Uh GTA is not my kind of game. So I, I, I agree with Raven. Violent. Like I, I I wasn't that like into that game when I was younger. My brother played it, my older brother played that game and I would watch him play it mostly. Uh, and um quick second for me would be automatic by the pointer sisters on on uh, Vice City. Automatic and Joe, what's yours? From Vice City. Yeah. Um, it's gonna take a lot away to drag away from you. Yeah. Take some time to do the things we never had. Yeah. Toto. It's so many times on British radio. I'm sick of it now. So you're telling me, Tito Joel, the soundtrack of GTA is like a rock, uh, a rock album. Yes, there's yeah, a lot of there's a lot of stations from Grand Theft Auto Vice City. One of them is nothing but 80s music, and really, you it's it's because of the fact that the setting is the 80s. One of them is a talk mm. show station. One of them is 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 um a self help kind of thing station. Mm. One of them is uh, rock and roll. Uh, a rock and roll station, 80s rock and roll. I think you'll enjoy that one too, Raymond. But yeah, if you can even play, have a 
Spanish uh, music. Oh yes, that's true. That's true. That's true. There's no song called um, "More Than This." I like. I think so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. By yeah, Faulkner says music and um, Brian Ferry. So I, 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 just out of this ambiguous, just because I know Dan said Flock of Seagulls. Mm. If I another one, it will be Roxy music. Um, more than this, and lock of seagulls, the one with the hair like this. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. you did. Yes, yes, they had their own hairstyle. But I tried that one, I tried that once before. <laughs> it never yeah. looked good on me. Uh, so, you know, I, I said Vice City is actually probably my, my favorite game. So, um, uh, in terms of sound, um, what about any of you guys? What, what your know, favorite soundtracks on PlayStation 2? Any any nomination here? What's it go? Which was it? <laughs> PlayStation 2 soundtracks, uh, yeah, me, Silent Hill 2. Yes. Beat me to it. Obviously, I'm a big, I'm a big <laughs> horror fan. So, like, horror yeah. games were a big thing for me. And Silent Hill 2 is probably, I think it's like my favorite. One of, my, I don't know if it's my favorite soundtrack of all time, but it, it's just, I don't know. There's just something about it. I really love the Bolorama uh, theme because it's kind of like this breakbeat kind of like lo-fi kind of vibe. And it, once again, it's like the save music kind of with Resident Evil where it just it keeps you in the same headspace of like okay this is still a dark game but it does liven it up a little bit and gives you a little bit more like melodic you know uh, a thing so yeah i would say like silent hill 2 the i, I call it the bolorama theme i think it's probably like the in town theme or something like that mm-hmm. um but yeah that one's a that one's a big one for me fair enough interesting uh, what about you, Sir Joe? What's your favorite PS2? <laughs> Persona 3. Okay. <laughs> Aria of Soul for the Persona 3. Mm-hmm. Um, either that or. Estuan inferit ira vehementi. Estuan inferit ira vehementi. Sephiroth for oh, yeah. Kingdom Hearts. Because mm. once you know, once you heard that, you'll like the first time. The first time you're going to hear that. What the hell is he doing here? Yeah. <laughs> why? Super epic. So every time you hear that, it's like, why do I hear boss music? Mm. It's like... <laughs> Well, why, why, why is that? Why, what the hell is Sephiroth that doing here? And it's one of those moments that once you hear that music, oh, you're fucked. <laughs> There's no getting no. out of here alive. No, actually, First. to your point, Joe, it's one of those things. The thing about music is that it doesn't just evoke a feeling; it evokes it evokes the memories. I remember it this is fear. Completely, yeah, it, 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 it evokes fear. One moment is one moment that it's not covered by the PS2, but it it harkens back to the PS2. Is one of the newer games called God of War for PS4. Spoiler alert for those of you who oh, haven't played. Yeah, yeah. Yes, for so spoiler review for those who haven't played yet. God of War on PS4. Uh, give me a give me a minute. Just mute the mute the mute the talk right now because I'm going to be t- spoiling one key point of God of War. One moment with God of War on PS4 is when. Kratos has to go, I think, rescue his son, and he needs more power than the than the weapon that he's wielding right now, which is the 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 the, the, the axe. So there's one moment where he actually goes back to his house, reaches under the floorboards of his house, and pulls out a package, opens it up, and the music of the original God of War 
games starts mm-hmm. playing, which is the the, the 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 theme of Athena, if I remember correctly. Yes. He pulls <clears throat> out the swords, uh, the blades of chaos, the blades of chaos, and that music crescendos in the background. You that moment evokes so many memories and so many emotions to whoever is playing because of the fact that if you played the original PS2 games of God of War, you know that Kratos left that moment behind that 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 who he was behind but he's forced to pick it back up again it's very significant to him that he needs the blaze of chaos again to go rescue his son and mm. the music that plays in the background is the theme from the god of war series on the playstation 2 and, and that's that when athena i know the appreciation of athena was there yes so the apparition of athena shows up and says you know gives this whole speech about uh, you're trying to change yourself but in the end of it you will always be a monster be, yes. yes and mm-hmm. kratos replies to her um yes but but i am no i am your monster no more or something like that mm-hmm. so he acknowledges that and it's it just goes to show that video game music is an art in itself because it evokes memories it evokes emotion it is part of the landscape so i'll have to throw it back to throw it back to joe i'm i'm sorry for interrupting that moment in the of your that your show but it just I just had to say it. <laughs> okay. Um, who else have it uh, showcased there? Uh, Sir Ray. JDM and Sir Ray. JDM. Go on, JDM. Favorite PS2 music. Metal Gear. Since Matt already beat me to... Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill 3. Silent Hill 4 The Room. <laughs> Silent Hill 2 had a great soundtrack. I really, uh, one of my inspirations in music is Akira Yamaoka. Ever since Silent, the first Silent Hill, I listened to it. It had great soundtrack. Uh, it's what you call dark ambient, the <laughs> genre, that's the genre that... Uh, where it originated and for me for the ps2 it's going to be uh hitman 2 silent assassin oh nice you got oh, just good you got hitman uh, jesper kid who's a young kid, who was yes. yeah uh, he was uh just like uh early in his mid-20s back then hmm. then he had a backup from the budapest symphonic or, uh, orchestra mm-hmm. to do the soundtrack so you have a lot of uh, choir voices and also to parallel what happened in uh, God of War mm-hmm. or the the God of War mm-hmm. that scene in God of War um, Agent 47 had an identical like scene mm-hmm. in Hitman 2 mm-hmm. because he was trying to live a peaceful life He lived in Sicily with a uh, priest. Yeah, so, a monastery, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then the priest got kidnapped by a, a Sicilian mob. Mm-hmm. So he went, just like Kratos, he went back to his uh, tool shed mm-hmm. to get those silver ballers in his The ballers, hands. yes. <laughs> That's why you see the, the cover, it's like mm-hmm. this. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's doing the cross. He's doing yeah. the straight edge with the silver ballers. Mm-hmm. It's like Kratos in God of War. Mm-hmm. 
yes. And uh, the subsequent uh, music from from Hitman was also really good. Blood Money, if I remember correctly, or Contracts mm. had great music as well. Jas- ja- Jasper Kid, Jasper Kid, Jasper. can't go can't go wrong. Good uh, composer, great music. It's always uh, symphonized. Yes, it always had the symphony to back him up. Mm, yes. You, the the voices of the choir. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. What about you, Raymond? So, Raymond, you're sitting there. What's your favorite PS2 soundtrack? Thousand Words. <laughs> oh. Yeah, uh, uh, the Thousand Words. The, the the one that I played uh, uh, late uh, uh, at the first part of the PS2. Right. Okay. So that's your favorite. Okay. The the Final Fantasy uh, mm. X2. Okay, interesting. So, a very interesting, varied uh, variety of soundtracks here that we, we like. Some of us like our retro stuff, even though it's a new console. Some of us are liking, you know, the, the 80s music being played live on a PlayStation 2. And then there's those of us who like the dark ambience on this side uh, and, and this side. And then we have those who like the musical scores, lyrical scores down here, with the classic touch, etc. So, you've got, you know, Katamari Domestic. So, you've got that, those, those, those weird, interesting sort of eclectic music so mm. a very interesting mixture here and this is so, so while we get to the end of this video i just want to ask one more question and this is basically and there's no wrong answers but just why i just want to sort of get to know you guys in regards to so this is it what is your favorite generation when it came to game music like in terms of the, what was your favorite generation in terms of the, the game? so we're talking obviously with the nez it's the third generation era Mega Drive and SNES, fourth generation, fifth generation is PlayStation, Saturn N64, sixth generation is still on. What's your favorite generation of game music? What's your favorite? What, what, what was the best that came out? In your opinion, no wrong answer because it's how you feel and you can't argue with feelings. Mm-hmm. So let's start with JDM. What do you think? Your favorite generation of music? Uh, it's going to be, um, for me, it's going to be the PlayStation 1 because. Yeah. Yeah, okay. the fifth generation because that's where um, you got the full-blown music. You now have the CD era, right? Um, you can put as much um, data on the CD than uh, you previously had with the cartridges, especially the um, NES, the SNES. So it's going to be fun um, for Okay, interesting. Okay, good, 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 good response. Okay, what about yourself, Mr. Matt Russell? What, what's your, what's your, what's your favorite generation? Gosh, it's so tough because I, I love pieces of everything throughout. I, I like, I just kind of experienced that progression in music, and it opened my ears to many different things. That's why I, you know I say Silent Hill too because that's the first time I heard music that was dark ambient or slush wave, what they call it, like a mix of that thing. I, I guess like the Super Nintendo is one of my probably my, between the playstation 2 and the super nintendo it's 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 impossible for me to say which is my exact favorite fifth generation for you yeah yeah interesting very interesting what about yourself sir joel so joel what's your what's your favorite um Mm, oh my gosh let's see i kind of i'm i'm kind of the same boat on matt here but i'm an old person <clears throat> i you know i was old. Yeah, I'm 50 years old, uh, turning 51. I'm very old. Um, hey, I, you're not I, old. <laughs> you're not old. I was there. It's just a the number. Dawn, I was there at the dawn of video games. He's a young person, probably, right? He's not old. Man, that's true. That's true. I guess one thing that we weren't able to discuss here was during the days of, of 
DOS and Windows early music soundtracks. Yeah, the, the, the days of the AdLib, the Roland MT32, the Sound Blaster, the Sound Blaster Pro, the Gravis Ultrasound. Those were days when that I was struggling with IRQs and DMA settings on my PC. And it was the transition period between bleeps and bloops all the way into actual music you can hear when you hear music being played like 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 from the from the music of uh of the secret of monkey island or uh the the music from uh the music from um what you call this the indiana jones theme when you hear mm-hmm. uh, when you hear it from fate of atlantis it was a leap from when you started playing leisure suit larry you could yeah. <laughs> hear you heard the leisure suit larry theme first and then you jump into the Secret of Monkey Island, which is when you hear it being played through a sound blaster or uh, or or, or a Roland MP32. It's really a galactic jump from uh, from a sandbox all the way into a sea of stars. So that era is my favorite because the the sense of wonder of suddenly hearing this amazing music from from your from your computer. From the original bleeps and bloops of of a DOS game to which is, which is essentially a melody of symphonies, it's that era of discovery for me. That is my favorite. And despite all the advancements that we've had, the sense of wonder of hearing the amazing music and sound off of an of a PC sound card will always stay with me. That's my mm-hmm. favorite era. Okay, third generation. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Um, all right. I see. So Dan has joined us. You know, he's resurrected. <laughs> Chaps, busy day, busy day. Uh, Raymond, so Raymond, what, what's your favorite era? I'm guessing it's like what's what's going on now because you like contemporary music, right? What's your favorite? Um, based on this episode right now, I I do like to hear more Sega Genesis Mega Drive oh, um, yeah. soundtracks, even yeah. though I'm a PS1. Your fifth guy. generation, yeah. But when Dan. Uh, the video of Dan was um, was played. I was totally mind blown about the electro dance, uh, um, the 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 vibe of the uh, the the soundtrack of Sega Genesis and Sega Mega Drive. So right now I'm 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 going to um, um, leverage myself into uh, the Sega Genesis Sega Mega Drive soundtracks mm-hmm. or um, uh, sounds. And of course, what, one of the things that convinced you was also dance dancing in his video. Right? Yeah, hanging <laughs> around. The techno type um, sounds of Sega Genesis was was kind of my jam um, mm. on my early days on the nightclubs so, and the, my, my night uh, my nightlife time. Mm. And yeah, so. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, Dan, thank you so much for you know, for introducing you, uh, introducing me to that um, Sega Genesis, Sega Mega Drive vibe, uh, music mm-hmm. vibe. Well, I'm glad you got something out of it. I really enjoy it. Like a... <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about you, Sir Joe? What's your favorite era? I was uh, I was going to say I'm I'm thinking about it between uh, between the 16-bit era or the 32-bit era. I'm like I appreciated uh, I appreciated I appreciated more music with the PS1, Mm. but I thinking about it now, I started 
recognizing good music during the 16-bit era already. This is what, what during the during the early 90s, uh, because of Streets of Rage. And I'm like, around this time, there were a lot of music um, that I've been hearing around the radio, even in t- on television. So looking back, so yeah, I will not be able to appreciate music like actual CD quality music for the uh, during the PS1 era if it wasn't for the 16-bit era. Yeah. So I will I will probably give it to the 16-bit era as well. Fourth generation, really interesting. Fourth generation. Um, since Dan's joined us, so I might as well ask him. I kind of know the answer. What's your favorite era? Go on. Of- yeah, you know the answer, mate. Of course, it is fourth generation, 16-bit. Um, I've obviously already said why with with the Sega Mega Drive, um, yeah. but I think I think the the 16-bit generation. You've just mentioned Vice City, um, and I like you say. Ironically, Vice City is the sound of that era. But the fourth generation is the sound of that era in that era, and on mm. top on top of that, you've got your Super Nintendo. That you know, the Super Nintendo's orchestral stuff is fantastic. You know, like we say, Act Razor, Link to the Past, all those games. It's there's a really eclectic sound in that era, and then you've got your Sega CD stuff that is yeah. again in the in that era. You actually had if you're, mm. I mean, you'll remember Verage. You had in um, in excess and crisscross. Who had make make my own music videos, so you can make your own music videos. So yeah, def- definitely fourth generation, sixteen bit for me, definitely. That's very interesting, but I, I expected that from you. Anyway. Of course, mate. Um, for for me, I think from an early age, I, I think, and and with Sir Joel, what he said about he, he obviously for his era, the third generation, when they were. You know, starting to use FM with the five channels limitations, the variation that is actually real music. And all I will say about the early third, fourth generation, I'll say, is because even though they had limitations with the chips that they had, it created and it burst. Like with those limitations, they did the best they could, and there was some real art on those 16-bit machines. Mm-hmm. I just want to put it out there. Um, they really did an amazing job. And for me, it has to be again fourth generation. Because you had that variation with frequency modulation that the third generation didn't have, and because it was the era I listened, I really liked it, and I loved how the music sounded, how there was a warmth to it, how there was something really comforting when listening to whether it's FM synthesis or even the Super Nintendo Orchestra. The music suited the video game, and I really loved that, and I loved the work that was put into this, and it had that X factor. I don't think there's any way I can describe it, about, apart from saying those those games which had those soundtracks at the time had the X Factor. It's not to say that the PlayStation and, and, and going onwards didn't. Just that era, FM synthesis sound, it just, you know, it really does perk me up a bit. And I, I really love that sound. And that that sound is locked, that era. Even though the Saturn could allow FM synthesis and, and there were other systems that allow you to have it now. And you can, you still get FM synthesis tracks even in newer games now, like Streets of Rage 4 on Switch. Yeah. There's still that kind of sound for it. Um, and other retro games that are being made for in the indie, indie scene have similar FM synthesis sound that's been thrown there. I think there's a game called 1980X on the, on the Switch that you can download, or it's even on Steam. It has mm-hmm. an FM synth soundtrack. So a lot of it is still inspired and it's timeless in that regard. And that's why, for me, I'll always love Mega Drive and Super Nintendo. I'll always love that music. There's just something really timeless and beautiful about the arrangement of scores for across many games. I know we've emphasized yeah. the ones that we like, but there are just so many games that, that they've made great music for. And games that I'm still going back and discovering. I'm still going back and discovering these games that I missed out on. And that's the beautiful thing with 
modern gaming, retro gaming and, and, and emulation that allows us the affordability to do that. Um, so, you know, I'd just like to sort of conclude that it doesn't, there's no right or wrong here. It's whatever you like, but video games have come a long way from the earlier Boots and Beats to what we have now. And uh, I think we can all agree that it's just going to get better and better and better. So, How about Sir Matt? Well, he already well, said the fucking thing. Yeah, I will say oh, this, though. One of my favorite indie games, or I guess it's indie, but uh, Blazing Chrome did, like, oh, brilliant. the music in that game. Yes. It's just straight up Sega. Well, like, it, it feels so good. Moon, what is it? Moonrider. What's that game called? Moonrider Vengeful... Vengeful Moonrider. I can't remember what it's called. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the samurai ninja robot guy. It's like a um it's a newer indie game. It's basically like it's only, it's it's just come out, it? newer it, version of Contra, basically. Vengeful Guardian. Vengeful Guardian. Yes, Vengeful Guardian. Yeah, yeah. It's just got a long name. I always get it jumbled up every time I try yeah. to think of it. <laughs> but it's that's a good one, and it's got it's it, it's got more of like, you know, not so much Sega, but it, it does fill me with that vibe, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, great. Blazing Chrome. Amazing game. Check it out if you have not. <laughs> right. Well, I think that pretty much concludes our episode today. I think we've had a wonderful time talking about gaming from, well, the, the music and how it's evolved from there to now, how the technology's evolved, how compositions have evolved, what our favorites is. Even though some things are old, it's gold. Some of this stuff is just timeless. And mm. um, you're just not going to find it anywhere else in certain areas. But the beautiful thing is you can always go back and enjoy these things. These things aren't going away. And they're making amazing, awesome new renditions with real music in video games. And it's it's something that is recognized. You know, game music is something that's recognized. There's awards for this. There's there's events that happen, you know, in in, in showcases. You know, these people go around the world. Tommy oh Tommy, yeah. Oh remember the remember the Tokyo Olympics where, where they played game soundtracks mm-hmm. and they were presenting every country? And if you guys are looking for and if you guys are looking for the experience, look for the uh, concert group called Video Games Live, as headed by Tommy Tellerico. They do rendi- they do orchestral renditions and concerts of video game music. Their their rendition of of well uh, the God of War uh, moment and Civilization Baba Yetu when I was there. It's it just blew my socks off and, and of course you know everybody had a grand time so if you're looking for a good experience look for video games live who knows the concert might be coming someplace close to you soon all right, all right. so all right. let's just do our uh, closing remarks and our shameless plugs at the same time i'll give it to sir dan might as well uh, <laughs> might as well use his t- his limited time here on the mm. show sir dan what uh, your your final remarks about uh, about gaming music and mm-hmm. where can they find you? Yes. Yes. Sorry. I, sorry. I only just tagged on, but I hope I, I, my little boogie got you all going. Um, it's it's been really good to listen to, um, and and it's been really interesting to get all the different points of views on the different styles of music. I think that's been the most interesting. Getting to Joel's kind of you know heartfelt. Um, romantic music from Xeno Gears, you know what I mean, and, and Vice City kind, you know, actual rock tracks. And it, it, I think, I think the thing with with all gaming music, it's a it's a vital part of music. Um, a lot of people obviously form a real connection with games and the systems on that. And all I'd say to everybody is get out there and get as many systems tucked into you as possible, because as Saray's seen today, there's a lot more to these systems than you recognise. And you'll end up really, really falling in love with some of them the deeper you dig. So come and find me at the Sega Mega Masters on YouTube uh, and in the Sega Genesis group, along with uh, Sir Biraj as well. So uh, keep boogieing. Boogie. 
<laughs> All right, thank you for that, Sir Dan. Uh, how about Sir JDM? Where can the uh, closing remarks and where can they find you? Yes, uh, thank you so much for everyone who have uh, joined in here in our um, episode about the video game music. So we have learned a lot about the music for each system and how it evolved from those chip tunes up to those full-blown music that we already have in our console today. So um, you can see me on Twitch, 123GoRetro. Um, I also have a kick, 123GoRetro as well. Also here on uh, Facebook Gaming, I recently streamed just a bit uh, back here on Facebook Gaming. So um, catch me whether you're uh, free. All right. Thank you for that, Sir JDM. How about Sir Joel? Closing remarks and where can they find you? All right. <clears throat> well, my remarks is, again, I've, I've, been, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Music might not be at the forefront of your mind when you're playing a video game, but it's very, but the video game will be missing something if you take it out altogether. Music in, uh, enhances the experience, evokes, evokes memories and evokes emotions inside of you. And as you go through a game, it will imprint itself in your memory, making making the experience much more enjoyable. So you will you'll be able to find me at twitch.tv. Uh, just type in Banyagi Native and you'll find me there. Also on kick.com Banyagi Native, hashtag FUFB. And you will uh, also usually find me posting in the Pinoy Retro Gaming official page. Uh, but you'll you'll catch me here every single time as long as time permits here in Timeless Gamer. Back to you, Joe. All right. Thank you for that, Sir Joe. How about Sir Matt? What can you say about the episode as a whole and where can they find you? Yeah, this was a this was a really cool episode because I liked how all of our opinions were varied. And, you know, we, we got so many different genres covered and so many different like levels of emotion within the same console. Like it's crazy how Super Nintendo, you could play Donkey Kong, you could play Final Fantasy, and you're going to get completely different feeling Anything. sounds from this, you know, Sega from from, from, from from everything. So it was just really cool to like hear everybody's opinion and their favorite tracks on each individual console. So I really enjoyed this episode for that, and I learned a lot too. So, but you can find me as Bustle Plays Games on YouTube. Just type in Bustle Plays Games, you'll I'll come up, and then on uh, Facebook as Bustle Plays Games as well. Um, and yeah. Come check me out, hang out in the chat, and all those fun things, right? All right. Thank you for that, Sir Matt, and, and the person who learned a lot more in this episode. Sir Ray, what's your uh, final thought about the show, and where can they find you? Uh, give more a lot of attention in soundtracks. That's it. Mm, <laughs> Words of wisdom. Where's the way? Got more attention on the sounds, uh, the soundtrack, and every game that you will play. And you can find me on studio.ph. We customize stickers, we customize shirts, and we customize everything that can be printed on shirts, uh, mugs, and coasters. Yeah, that's it. What's the website, Sir Ray? Uh, what, what? What's the website? Uh, uh, studio.ph on Facebook. So right now, I'm, uh, I'm on a bit hiatus on, on streaming because of my review thing. So that's it. Thank you so much, guys, for the opportunity to um, to be on this panel again. All right. Thank you for that, Sir Ray, and the one who led the charge for this evening, Sir Viraj. 
uh, final remarks about the show and where can they find you? Oh my god, we <laughs> the lovely little pink control he's got there. Um, what can I say? Uh, where can you find me? Uh, you find me in, in Sedan Shadow in the, in the Sega Mega Masters YouTube channel where we love to review all 16 bit stuff and pick well, Mega Sega 16 bit and bit stuff. Um, you can also find me on the Sega Genesis group on Facebook. Um, but yeah, in regards to the show, um, gosh, we covered a lot, didn't we? We did cover a lot, and there's a lot. Oh, I mean, yeah. What we just covered was just the tip of the iceberg. Mm. But yeah, there's so many great music, well, video game music soundtracks out there that can really truly immerse you and enhance the experience of a video game. Well, um, if I can insert, uh, uh, Viraj just didn't want to disclose his absolute most favorite video, <coughs> uh, video, music video game, Spice World for the PlayStation One. Oh yeah, where you, where you get to play, where you get to play music from the Spice, Spice World. Uh, yes. <laughs> Hey, listen, man, you've got, you've got to spice up your life, man. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might If you want to be my lover. There you go. Hey, stop right now. Fix up and man up. Yeah, that's what's Oh, my God. This is the men young men these days. Juan and Derek. Juan DeMarco and, and, and Derek, they run an amazing Spice Girls podcast. You got to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Dedicated to all the great 90s. Like, all right. Thank you. Thank you all very right. much. For those of you in the chat who joined us, who took part and made some comments in the comment section, even though uh, you know, I didn't get to read all of them, I'll have, have, have a rewatch. But um, thank you for joining us and watching the show. And it makes the show when you interact. And we, we do read your comments. So thank you very much. Sir John, I'll just ano lang, I'll just plug something. So our um our partner Mega Cat Studio will be in the Philippine Game Dev um, Game Dev Expo. It's coming um, August 18 to 20 on the SMX Convention Center, Manila. It's in Pasay. Ah, uh, Pasay ba? Ah, uh, small uh, Mall of Asia. So. Some of the PRG members, like me, will be there. So if you want to catch some Mega Cat games that we stream um, on the on on Facebook and Twitch, you can actually play those games here at Philippine Game Dev Expo this coming 18 to 20. So guys, if you have time, if you have um, to the people here in the Philippines that have time to go there. Uh, go check our um, booth and that's it. All right. All right. Thank you for that uh, quick advertisement survey. So, Mega Cat Studios. Some games will be up, uh, will be up for display on the on the SMO of Asia. All right. Uh, well, music, as well, uh, music, guys. Uh, that that's the whole uh, that's the whole topic for uh, for this episode. You know what? Even uh, even with the Sega Mega Drive, you got your Sega. Mm-hmm. Hear that? You know it's that. You you know it's the Genesis. You know it's the Mega Drive. Oh, and even with the first PlayStation One boot up screen, when you hear that, oh yeah, it goes, uh, <laughs> the, the the splash screen for for the for the boot up the boot up yeah. sc- the boot up screen of the first PlayStation. Really, if you hear that anywhere, it's like that's the first thing that you'll think of. No, that's, how, that's, that's what we're talking about. Oh, and the pattern as well. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that's what we're talking about here, guys. So uh, once you hear uh, once you hear that particular uh, sound, it it's it's a it's a direct association to that particular something, right? So closing remarks. Well, music is a mysterious thing. 
Sometimes it makes people remember things that they do not expect. Many thoughts, feelings, memories, things almost forgotten. Regardless of whether regardless whether the listener desires to remember them or not. Just to plug the show, um, Timeless Gamer, you can catch the previous episodes by going to the Facebook page of Pinoy Retro Gaming or just by going to the YouTube uh, channel, Timeless Gamer PRG. Our audio versions of the shows, um, just go to all of the, they're available, just go to the major uh, podcast streaming platforms out there. And that's the show, guys. Thank you all so much for staying us from from beginning to end. You are all beautiful, interacting there, uh, jotting down your favorite music, tracks, themes from your chosen video games as well for every gaming consoles. And that's the show. Our games and our bodies may grow out of date, but our gaming experiences forever remain. Hey! Timeless! Alright, we'll continue the chat. We'll see you guys soon. Bye!